Welcome to the Objective Secure Podcast. My name is Mike, and not with me, Emma, is... It's me, it's Lachlan. Wow, plot twist, it's me. So, Lachlan is joining me today for this episode. This is episode 106, Kill, Maim, Burn. We're talking world eaters. Yeah. And that's the reason why Lachlan's joining us, um, because we are on a, a chaos binge at the moment. I'm a big chaos fan. Um, so, Emma gladly stepped aside when he started frothing at the mouth as the world eaters came through the door. And we're going to do this episode together. So, um, we're not going to take too much of an adieu. We're not going to talk too much news. We're going to get straight into it. Before we do, though, I do have one quick mention that I want to make before I sort of talk about anything else. And that is uh, from a friend of mine. Uh, His name's Matt Eric Brown. Oh, yeah. Matt has done a series of bumpers for the show. Ah, yes. You're going to hear one of them in between the two parts of this episode. Part one is going to cover the models for the world leaders, and part two is going to cover the rules. We're going to put a bumper in there. I've got five different ones to put into the episodes going forward. Um, This is the long one. It's a minute long. So instead of a 30-second break, we're going to do a minute break in between the two segments today. But it's the chaos-themed one. So um, a big thank you to Matt. I really appreciate it. He did these off his own back. He's done uh, a voice for the Harlequins, uh, one of the voices for the Harlequins intro we did a couple of episodes ago. He was part of that. Um, He's listened to me since I was part of Wards End Radio years ago. Um, And he sent these through just kind of going, I had some fun, recorded some stuff for you. Um, And I really appreciate him doing it. So thank you very much, Matt. Um, He does have a YouTube channel, which I'll link in the show notes as well, where he does other bits and pieces. So go and check it out. Give him a sub. Um, But thank you very much, Matt. I really do appreciate it. Now, let's talk world eaters. Blood, skulls. Uh, that's that too. Assorted red things. <laughs> so, before we get uh, into the actual th- models, we're going to say thank you to Games Workshop for supplying us, um, I think, all the new releases, other than the Combat Patrol, uh, for the World Eaters. So, thank yep. you very much for supplying those to us for review and for us to paint up and muck around with. Yep, very cool. Um while we're here, we didn't get a combat patrol, but I will just cover the combat patrol very quickly, the contents, and then we'll talk about the models as we're going through the individual box sets that we got sent. Um, the combat patrol is going to be two units of berserkers, two units of ten, 
plus a unit of jackals, minimum size, standard one box. And then you get a uh, Chaos Lord on Juggernaut or a Lord Invocatus. Because they are one kit. They are one kit, which we're going to talk about in a second. speculation, but they are... I like that this combat patrol's a legal thing that you can take in a game. Well, it's three troop choices, which fits the Arc of Omen detachment, um, and one HQ. So it completely makes the Arcs of, Arcs of Omen legal. What's interesting about it is um, it is still only one HQ, which a lot of the combat patrols are, because you don't have to take a battalion. You can take it as a patrol, and this is still a legal patrol. But like so, Death Guard and I believe Thousand Suns just aren't legal detachments from the combat patrol. The Death Guard one has too many cults, uh, not cultists, what are they? Pox, Pox, Pox walkers. Yeah. And the... Thousand I th- one. I th- no, I no you get that because the Terminators offset yeah, the, the yeah. Zangor. I, thought, I forgot they could be in squads of five. I think it's just the Plague Marines that get dipped on that. Mm. I'm not... I'm sure there's another one that I'm forgetting because I remember... I know the Drakari, the Drakari are fine, the Demons are fine... Um, because a lot of those will fit a patrol specifically. I th- I don't know about the Death Guard one though. Are you sure they don't get? I thought they got Marines in that. You, they do, but only only like one squad, and there's three squads of Poxwalkers. Well, Poxwalker size is ten to thirty, though, isn't it? There's it's ten to twenty. Are they are they ten to twenty? Yeah, and there's thirty Poxwalkers. I'm gonna have a look at the combat patrol now because I think you're wrong. I'm not wrong. I know. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm that um I'm that confident. You're that you're that sure? Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but when you look on the Games Workshop website and you click Death Guard, it does not show you the Combat Patrol. Very cool. That's also suitably useful. And of course, we all know how good the Games Workshop website is when you're trying to change stuff and refresh things. It's funny because it's not. It's <laughs> absolutely terrible. Come on. There we go. There's Combat Patrol. So the Zangor one, you do get five Terminators, which will offset the Zangor. Um, the, where's the Death Guard one? Of course, it's out of stock. You get Typhus. You get one, two... Oh, you get another character. Yeah, the Biologus Putrefire from memory. Yeah, and then seven Plague Marines and 30 Poxwalkers. Yeah, so that one's not legal. The Putrefire will offset it. It doesn't. I checked. I checked. Are you sure? It doesn't have core. Uh, You might do now. You might do now. I don't know. I don't don't have the codex on me. Look, we're two minutes in. I've already (laughs) got us on a tangent, so... That's fine. Um, So the box set is great. Um, you're basically paying if it if it comes out at that sort of two thirty ish Australian dollars, you're basically paying for the two squads of berserkers and a couple of extra bucks, and you're picking up the Lord Invocatus and the Jackals for free. So it's a good deal if you have like a pre-existing World Leaders army and want the new models. It's an it's, easy plug-in, yeah. And it's good if you don't have a World Leaders army and want to start one. So. Now, why actually do have the Australian pricing for all this stuff? Um, if you're interested in knowing what that is. I don't have... I don't think I've got the Combat Patrol yet, but I do have the individual box sets. So we'll just very quickly touch on those. Um, Where is the Combat Patrol on here as well? Let's have a look. Okay, so while we haven't seen it released officially, Demon Prince, the new Demon Prince, which is only just hitting Australia for pre-order this today. Yep, Slaves to Darkness guy. How much do you reckon he's going to be? Like a hundred bucks? 135. Damn. The old Demon Prince was only like 90-something. He was like 60-something. Was he? Yeah, he was super, super cheap. Uh, Angron. Big Angron. How much? Um, I rem- The other Primarchs are both 230, so that's probably a safe guess. 265. He's got less sprues than yep, them, Yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, berserkers. 10 Berserkers. Uh, I'm going to guess 110. 105. 3-8 bound. Three eight bounds. I'm gonna As in three in the box. There are eight 
the, the eight bound. I'm going to go with 110 because I was close last time. 98. Okay, so I was a bit further off. Lord Invocatus slash Chaos Lord on Juggernaut. I'm going to guess 120. 105. It is the most... That's the one I'm most heard about. Um, Jackals. Oh, they're only a cult unit, so probably only like 80? 84. Um, I'm right in the money. <laughs> um, Codex is going to come in at 84. Data cards, 47. Dice, 58. We'll get into the data cards later because like what cards I don't know what's in it. Yeah, they'll, we'll talk about that in the rules bit. Um, there is no Combat Patrol listed in this. I assume that it'll be like the same as the rest of the um, The only other ones that we've got coming out of the Ark Summoner Bale Fleet, Battle Force, plus the the boarding patrol for Space Marines, and then you get the March of the Iron Strike Force, Warforged Strike Force, McCrag Battle Force, Chigorius Battle Force, which are the new Space Marine $300 big boxes. Are they not putting out the Chaos boarding patrol? No, I've, I've only got it listed as the Space Marine the one. one. Yeah. Is it Calgar or is it the... Captain Gravisama from memory. Oh, I don't... Mm, I don't think it's Calgar. No, but you do get his two pleb bodyguards. The two... The Victrix guys. Yeah, they, they come in it. Right, that's what got me confused. It was a Gravis guy with yeah. his bodyguard. So, the pricing feels a little bit on the sharp side. If the bo- if the Combat Patrol is still 230, which I'm... Like, most of the Combat Patrols are either 210 or 230. If it's still 230... You're going to pay two ten just for two boxes of berserkers, and you what are you eighty four plus? So it's one hundred and eighty nine dollars for the jackals and the Lord Invocatus. So you're basically getting those two box sets for like twenty bucks. That makes me think that it might be on like the higher end of the combat. Well, two thirty I think is the most expensive combat patrol. Really? Yeah. The combat patrols are... Like, the Drakari one should be easily more than that, but yeah. it's not. It's great value. Like, it's a giant, like, Bane Blade-sized box. Well, the, you get two vehicles plus two squads plus the character, but one of the vehicles is a Ravager, which makes it super expensive. Like, um... So, the Thousand Suns, 230. Space Marines, 230. Blood Angels, 230. Sisters 230, Admech 230, Gene Stealer, Colt 230, Custodes 230, Black Templars 230, Space Wolves 230, Dark Angels 230, Demons 230, Orcs 230. Which one isn't 230? Uh, Eldari 210. Right, because of the little spindly dudes. It's also not a great box. The Six Wind Riders is nice. Uh, Grey Knights 210. That's, they're also little dinky dudes. Leagues of Votan 250. Yikes. Which makes me feel like that mm. might be where the World Eaters well, end up. Death Watch 230, Death Guard 230. It would still be a good deal if it was 250. Chaos Marines 230, Tyranids 210. Holy shit, the Drakari 210. Oh my goodness. That is even better value. That's a big box as well. Uh, Tower 210, Necrons 210. So I'm looking at the Votan one, which is basically the named character. Um, 10 Hearthkin, 5 Berserks, and 3 Bikes. That's about on par with what the... Well, that's 3 units plus the character. Yeah, which is kind of what the World Eaters... And all 3 of those units are at the World Eaters pricing spectrum. So I'd say we're going to be... 250 is my guess. 20 bucks for the 2 units, it's 40 bucks, which is still a really good deal. Well, the Invocatus is what skews it, because the Invocatus at 105 is... Much more than a lot of other HQs, like even... Well, he's the same price as a Baton. Oh, he's big though. 
He, and look, you do get two builds in him, which is nice. He's he, a lot like Uther the Destined, where you can build a normal lord or you can or build the named, the named character. character. So that's good. Um, while we're here, let's just move into the, these models and we'll start talking about Lord Invocata yes. slash Lord on Juggernaut. We'll start with him. Um, one of the things I really liked about this kit, and it was a, a hard one to figure out online because it looked like the Juggernauts were just completely different. And they basically are. Yeah, look, the only parts, when we pulled the sprues out and had a look, the only parts that are used in both builds is the body. One and two. Yeah, uh, the body both of the Juggernaut. Of the body. Yeah. You, you get four different sets of, you get four different legs for both Juggernauts. I think there's three different heads in the box as well because you get a flat head, a blade head, and then you get the chainsaw head for the Juggernaut. Oh, I thought you talked about the rider. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Flat and then, head, blade, blade head, chainsaw head, at yep. least. And then you get the two riders. Two full dudes. But they're complete. You you don't yeah. share body parts, you don't share backpacks. Full dudes. You get all the parts. If they still had lords in the codex. Well, and the Chaos Lord actually gets weapon options as well, despite the, the codex not having options. I don't know if you saw that. He gets a couple of different arms. So you... But in the data sheet, he doesn't have options. He just is. Um, I guess it might be for aesthetic reasons. Look, he comes with an exalted chain blade and a plasma pistol. Ah, oh, but he's, he's got options for chains. He's got a couple of different chain, chain weapons, packs. and then you can have him either holding the reins or with the plasma pistol. But the net result is the same. Yeah. Um, and the head, I think, is interchangeable with the standard kits as well, isn't it? It's a ball socket like the oh, standard yeah, marines. Yeah. yeah. And the backpack will be interchangeable as well. Um, the shoulder pads will probably oh, be I'm the not same. Sure about the backpacks because the backpacks sometimes on characters they've got a different connection port, and so you just have to cut the nub off. Yeah, it's plastic. It's easy enough to do. Um, so you you can build both, and if you had another torso from something, you could actually build an, an, both characters. Torso, which a box of five juggernauts. Will you buy six we, juggernauts? We were talking about it either getting blood crushers because they come in a unit of six in box. You could essentially just build a unit of five, which means you don't tip over into the blast rules, um, and then take that spare juggernaut and hybridize it with the um, um, Lord kit with the Lord kit to actually yeah build another one, um, which could be quite a nice sort of unique version of a juggernaut. Depending on how they go together, we'll have to wait. Because have you built that kit yet? Um, no, I'm building it later today to so get some photos. The rules for the Lord Invocatus mean that you'll build a Lord Invocatus every time because he's really good. But I suspect, like Chaos Space Marines, that'll be like one of the few things that gets nerfed. But we'll get to that in the rules section. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the kit itself, much like a lot of the modern photos for Games Workshop, sometimes they just don't do a good job of showing it off. Sometimes it's the paint job, sometimes it's the fact they're really brightly lit. Yeah, um, it can make them look a bit flat sometimes. Yeah. So you do get a few different options for both. Um, the Lord Invocatus actually has a lot of cues from the new... Uh, eight bound in that he has a midriff yes. top uh, so you can see his belly or his abs or his eight pack or whatever you want to call it his stomach um, he also is that sort of demon sort of where he's got his face face is melted into his helmet he's yep. got like corn symbol as as horns yeah. yeah so there's a lot of cues from the eight bound attached he's even got little um, like his claws piercing his boots and that, like those sort of little things whereas the generic chaos lord is much more like a chaos lord mm. Um, riding the back of a giant bull. Where sort of the Lord Invocatus is more demonic than the regular Lord, if I were to put a word on it. Well, the interesting part about it is you can also use 
the, with the juggernaut, you could use the standard war, like the running juggernaut without the leaping pose. Put the uh, Lord Invocatus's juggernaut head on the standard juggernaut's legs, and have a completely unique Lord Invocatus mm. because like, the juggernauts are interchangeable. And there's no apart from the head. Obviously, the head will fit both bodies, mm. so that'll mean you could actually have two Invocatuses side by side that are different. Um. You know, and that's quite cool. So, and I'm sure that um, once we've built one, we can have a look at the spare parts available mm. and see how that all goes together. But it is, he's a decent kid. He comes on one of the giant Belvita, bis- bread, uh, Belvita biscuit bases. Do they have those in America? Because I know there are some people watching this or listening. listening to it in America. I don't know. But basically, it's the big oval base. Yeah. It's not the flyer size. It's the next one down. The outrider size ones. Yes. So it's bigger than the flesh hounds, but... Smaller than the plane. Bigger than a Space Marine bike, but the same size as a Primera Space Marine bike. Yeah. So he's not little. Um, that can, that goes for everything in this. That is true. Range. I will say that the photos of Lord Invocatus, the sculpt, is a really nice, clean one. And I think they've just painted it quite vibrantly mm. in the, the book, which doesn't help it because all the red armor blends with the warm flesh tones. And I think yeah. you'd be better off either darkening the flesh tones and making them contrast more or not going so bright on the red. Like the um, they, do, they do this standard Lord on Juggernaut in the red armor, but then they make the Juggernaut like this bloody crimson color, mm. which helps offset it. And the fact that the Juggernaut's black for the Lord Invocatus and then he's this iridescent red and warm flesh tone probably doesn't help the model. I'd really like to do the opposite on, on mine because I've got like the Hounds of Abaddon colour scheme where it's like the red with like the black armour. Yeah. And I think that like a bright red juggernaut and then this like black rider. Even just the good. crimson juggernaut from the Lord's artwork and then the black rider with the red, bright red shoulder pads and helmet I think would work really well. Mm. I, I think there's a lot of ways of doing these guys well. But he is a big boy. He's a big juggernaut. Yeah. At 105 bucks... I'm, I'm glad you're only buying one or maybe two. And if you're buying a combat patrol, you, you're potentially never buying him singularly. Mm. Um, I think every World Eaters player will have... One, like I think it's a given everyone will have a Lord Invocatus. Whether you have a Lord on Juggernaut is another conversation. Um, but I do think the Invocatus is just one of those models, a bit like Khan where you'll just... Yeah. I play World Eaters, I have one. If I want to use it, I have one. And that's what makes me think you'll probably get a Juggernaut as well. Because this codex is still limited by the whole Lords thing, so you can't have more than one yeah. anyway. But having the option to have a, just a generic Chaos Lord on Juggernaut for like a thousand point games or... Does Khan have the Lord keyword? I don't know. I'll have to look at that when we get there. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely a cool kit. We're going to talk about Berserkers now. Berserkers! Brilliant kit. Literally, I love everything about them. They're the perfect re- like refresh for the. So you do you do get some cues to the old one, which is you still get the leather gloves. You get leather gloves are in still. They've got like bandoliers filled with the bullets from the old ones. I'm a, I'm sad you don't get skull face derpy man. You don't, but I've I've done that myself with that spare pit bit. Oh, so. good. He needs to live on. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of cues from the heresy, so you, you do get some that have studded legs, but instead oh, of them yeah. being studded, they're spiked. Like, there's some shoulder pads from the standard Chaos Kit, but no, like, shins that do that from memory. There's oh, one shin. One shin on the... On, but on World Eaters, it's like three of them that have it, which yeah. is really nice. All of the original plastic designs have been referenced on all of them in some way, which I really like in these new miniatures. 
what's also interesting is they do give you enough plasma pistols and the two-handed chain weapons, so you can have every every option available to the squad is in the box. Two heavy chain axes or three chain three plasma pistols or two. I think it might have been three, but I only. I think two. it's three. And then, because the chain axes and chain swords are one reference now, they mm. kind of mix and match. Yeah, I think it was about half and half. I also like the fact you get ten heads that are helmeted, ten unhelmeted ones showing the butcher's nails, and then, three and then you get three one helmets. one helmeted, two helmeted. Two, is it two? It un- might be two helmeted, two unhelmeted. You do get more, you get way more than you need. Helmets. So making, if you wanted to do chaos space marines with the mark of corn or you wanted to retrofit some old models, you've got so many spare oh, parts. Yeah. And like, we'll, I mean, we actually used a few of the spare parts on another unit, which we'll talk about in a second. And I did put some spare parts on some Mark VI Beaky Marines and just turn them into some extra Berserkers to fill out some yeah. old squads. So you do get a lot. And they are big boys. They are... They are only a tiny bit shorter than Primaris from helmet to helmet. Obviously not the bunny ears. We're not including those. No, in the light, but, but they're, they're a little bit bigger than the standard, ca- the most recent Chaos Marine models, but they're also tending to be running and leaping. And I compared the leaping ones and the Berserkers are a little bit bigger. A little bit bigger. Okay. So, I don't think that matters with them. It like absolutely it, it makes, it makes them sense. super threatening. You still only get 10 backpacks, don't you? Um, yes. And then you get the icon option as well. Yeah, you can put it onto the backpack like in the Chaos Space Marine. Kit. Which is good because not yeah. one of them is going to carry around a banner. They are really nice models. The helmets have all been like sort of refined and really well, in my opinion. Like, um, they've got the combination of the Chaos Space Marines and the Chosen design elements, and then they've obviously got the big bladed bunny ears as well. I do like the bare arms that you get through the kit. Most of them have bare arm, at least That's one bare thing. arm. There's enough for basically one bare arm each, which for- ties them to Khan. Yeah, and they've got this really cool gladiatorial shoulder pad that goes on the bare arm as well. Yeah, so you, it's sort of like that. Um, crescent shoulder pad rather yeah. than the, the dome sort of like the half shoulder pad yeah like cataphracty armor yeah but smaller and dude sized they are very cool models and they do come up really nicely a On brilliant th- kit 32 mil bases and they they go together pretty straightforward in terms of yeah. if you've built a space marine you're probably not going to be unfamiliar with how this builds yeah um, and you don't have to worry about the only two that I would suggest taking your time on are the two that are holding the chain weapons two handed just to make yeah. the arms line up a lot, they the- have got they've gotten a lot better in recent years of making sure that you almost can't mess up those two-handed yeah. weapons, like the glaive on the eight-bound. You can't mess it up. The way that it sockets mm. together, you can't. You you still have a little bit of pivot, which does change it slightly, but if you put it, it's hard to mess it up on the yeah. two-handed Yeah, so they're the only things you'll probably need to think about. That and the ones that are only on one foot that have, like, rocks. I didn't realise this until I had primed them, but one of them had, like, tilted over slightly, so I had to cut them off and re-glue them. Oh, okay. I mean, that's, that's user error. That's not model error. It just, <laughs> it just like was a bit too heavy forwards as it dried. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like um, building it by putting the legs onto the base, centering oh, the body. I wouldn't do that until you've got the backpack and the arms on because it changes the weight of the, the weight and feel of the miniature. Ah, uh, see, I normally if I can get the if you look top down and you can get the, where the neck hole is centered on the base, you've actually got the balance point right because the, the center of mass is over the middle of the base. See, I find that I do that in a different way, which is interesting. Oh, that's how I built the eight bound. Hmm. Speaking of, we're going to talk eight bound. You're going to start off with the eight bound because you built them, not me. Yeah, I did. Um, so I built them as exalted eight bound. It's an interesting kit because they give you the parts so you can build either unit, and they give you all the parts for both units. So you yeah. get three shoulder pads that for the exalted, and three different shoulder pads for the standard eight bound. You get three different torso choices for the eight bound, and then three more for the exalted. The backpacks you get are the same. 
the bodies at their core are the same. Um, and then the arms differ depending on which unit because obviously they have completely different weapon loadouts. Mm. Um, because they are... They're an interesting one because you build them almost like a baton because they're naked from the waist up. So they've got big bare chests. Have you built a baton? Huh? Have you built a baton? Yeah, once. Oh. Um, and then you clad him in armor, don't yeah. you? Like you, you do that with these. You put the front and the back of their their armor, their chest piece, wraps around their bare flesh. So you could actually build them without a backpack. and Like shirtless. Yeah, ba- angry. Ba- basically angry naked men. Which is kind of funny. Um. What was interesting, though, is that they're not flat joins for the arms. They're actually sculpted so that the muscles are cut into the body. So that when you put the arms on, there's almost like a V-cut in the arm. And then the shoulder muscle that comes down from the neck sort of pokes out. And then you slide the arm up and under to complete the muscle shape. So instead of having the normal Space Marine like flat connection point, they've got like a triangle bit sticking out on the side. But it's like a triangular prism, not a pyramid. Yeah. So it matches up and and completes the muscles. Another way of them going, you basically can't mess up putting the arms on. Exactly. What was interesting, though, is I built the first two, went to build the third and went, I wonder if the arms from the other ones will fit on the third one. And they did. And then the body armor wouldn't fit. The the, the actual physical torso armor wouldn't fit. Like the chest plate. Yeah. So I've now got to get another box because by that stage, the first two had long dried and there was no prying them apart. Um, but I now want to get a second box and see if by swapping the arms you have to do the torso swap at the same time because I feel like it's to do with how the shoulder like connection... Like the way that it's cut in as well? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know about that one yet. Um, you do get about eight different heads for the squad as well. Eight, to, uh, eight or nine of them. Um, but they connect to like the back of the skull rather than... Well, that's it. it they're you, not ball sockets. No, that's the other sad part is that because they've got all the butcher's nails wired into the... Um, into their backs it's all sort of um, you're basically putting a face on rather than putting a head on so you get I think think it's I think it's five standard heads and four exalted heads I'm really not a fan of the butcher's nails coming off the back of them it looks like they've got these weird dreadlocks mullet things they've got mass dreadlocks Um, I don't mind them like the the dreadlocks looks good on the berserkers, but it just looks different. The berserkers, are, the berserkers are more subtle. Certainly, they are. They're and Angron, he does it really well. But we'll get to him. Um, the other thing about these, like I mentioned, you do get a chain glaive option for the sergeant in both cases, which is a no-brainer to build. It just clicks together. It's really mm. simple. Um, these guys are big, like a head taller than a standard possessed big. Like they the are new chaos possessed. Yeah, well. they are chunky, and their torsos are wider than the chaos you possessed. Just call them chunky. Chunky. They are okay. big boys. Like they are, they're not little by any stretch of the imagination, and their torsos are wider. Yes. Like they are in all aspects bigger possessed. I am very used to putting slightly wider torsos on slightly slimmer torsos. Like that was my plague marine conversions like two yeah. years ago, one year ago. I don't know. Time is nothing. So they're they're not little, and then I took the spare parts from these kits and grabbed Speaking a box of, of possessed. possessed to see if I could make a squad of eight bound, not exalted eight bound. And I think that it really worked. They actually do work really well. They were a bit more effort than I was hoping they would be, and that and that comes from the possessed kit, not necessarily anything else, just because yeah, of the way it's the possessed a bit monopose. And I know what you might be thinking, but you just said that the faces clipped on the berserker heads because yeah, the, there's like. 
far more than you need. They look really good in the possessed bodies. Yeah, so they because they are slightly bigger. Um, all the all the five possessed that I've built um, as to use as eight bound use the berserker heads with yeah. the. Um, there's a couple with like the big rebreather mouths. There's one that's got a, like he's growing a horn out the side of his head. Yeah, they look really. They good actually suit quite well. And then I basically cut and modified the arms so that I could fit the spare eight bound arms on at least one on every model. And then the champion got um, matching blades um, for mm. the lacerator weapons that he carries in the rules. Um, they all got sort of slightly different shoulder pads to put marks of corn on them here and there. Grabbed a couple of spare shoulder pads for him. Only two of them needed green stuffing. One of them was because I grafted an arm on, and there was, and there was a to... well, basically there was a fixed a fixed piece to kind of make the torso of the possessed work. So I had to cut down the arm from the uh, from the what do you call them eight bound, yeah, and it left a gap, um, and it just needed a a ball of green stuff shoved in there to kind of Which... fill that in. That's not too hard. The champion was the more work, and that was yeah, the torso. That took a bit. Because the tor- I ended up using one of the torsos from the eight-bound box, and because it's so much wider, there was a big gap at the neck, but also at the waist. Like, because he didn't have any of the stomach detailing no. that the eight-bound did have, so... So, but now that that's filled, and then the, the head that I've chosen for him has the big mouth grill and everything on yeah, it, it, which makes him look suitably angry. Um, and where would the Willieders be if they weren't angry? And then he got the two. He actually got two eight-bound shoulder pads as well, which definitely helped cover up the uh, <laughs> the hack job that went on at the shoulders to make the, the two arms work. That's my philosophy with kit bashing Space Marines. As long as it's covered up by the shoulder pads, it's fine. Look, that happens on every single one of these models where I've just gone, uh, it glued, it's stuck. Let's add another contact Don't point. Don't look too closely <laughs> at the middles of my Plague Marines. Yeah. <laughs> but they do look like corn possessed And yeah. the, the fact that every one of them has a weapon chained to their wrist... Every one of them has the butcher's nails in their head and only the sergeant has the two blades to match with the rules. Yeah. Means that he's easily spottable. Um, I think they worked really well as 8-bound. I don't know that it's something that the a new hobbyist should attempt because the cuts and the mucking around were quite extensive. Mm. It, you could... I'm going to put this out there. You could just buy a box of Possessed, whack the heads from the Berserker kit, the, the butcher's nails heads in them, and call it a day. That is good enough. You could literally do that by five possess by a box of five possessed. Get the butcher's nails heads from the berserkers. You you could reasonably do a like a cut at the wrist to put a chain axe or something on if you really wanted to. But the reality is, once you put, paint them in world leaders colors, do a shoulder pad swap maybe yeah. here and there. You wouldn't need to go to the extent that I've done with these. Like that is like one of the conversions that I feel like I'd do. Like the big stupid swapping all the torsos. That's so like. Kind of unnecessary, but it makes them look really cool and unique. But, like, you don't need to. No. You could certainly just... Like I say, the head swap would be enough. And then paint them in the right colours. Um, I went the extra length because I wanted those big chain yeah, weapons on them. I was doing that conversion, I'd do the same thing. I want to do a squad all with axes. Because this squad all has swords. Ah. So, I want to do a squad with axes. Um, but the conversions for the next ones... there are The problem is, what I've done... These first five are relatively easy conversions other than the champion. The next five are going to be slightly more extensive to make the axes work, which means the final five I do are going to be even more extensive because I can't have any two the same. Yeah. So by the time I'm getting to number 15, they're going to suck. But that's okay. 
That's... I don't like any models being the same in my army except cult units. Well, and that's, that's why I'm hoping the eight bound, the actual eight bound models. I'm hoping that with arm swaps and then the torso armor swaps, mm. they will actually be able to be made unique each time. Um, they went together really easily. Very straightforward to build. Um, the champion who's kind of running gets alternate feet, so you can give him Put big sandals on your space, big claw or feet big or boots. Toes. Um. And like I say, I do have spare chain fists and other bits and pieces that came from these models. Mm. Uh, 40 mil bases, but yeah, they are big guys. They're not little at all. Uh, moving from the biggest unit to one of the smallest, which is still quite big. Uh, let's have a talk about the jackals. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk I, about them. You were building those, uh, was it two yes, days ago? Yeah. Yesterday? Oh, I might have been the day before. I don't know, but I came Unimportant. in and you were, you looked very unhappy with the world. They The easiest weapon to put together was the two-handed chain axe. Two-handed chain sword, sorry. That, that was, that was the, the one on the Dishonored? Um, oh, no, there's, the, no the squad, the squad gets one as well, doesn't yeah. they? Oh, the Dishonored was a piece of cake to put together, so was the champion. But all of the other dudes, awful. They were not going together. Well, they've got all. really little wrists. Really tiny wrists, so the blades, as I glued them in, like slumped down drooping but their wrists are also chained to their backpack so if they drooped it ruins the chain effect oh really yeah so some of the chains are like you've had to bend the chains to make them fit that's frustrating and some of the arms I found out like only after I was building it and like going hang on why is this this arm look like this in the instructions but it's actually this the instructions one of them was just the wrong number yeah that that happens every now and again there was just a bunch of little things that... I think this is a unit that's going to polarise a lot of people because they do look slightly ridiculous because the chain weapons are friggin' enormous. I really like the little piddly dink people with these massive, like... Like the sword is as big axes. as they are yeah. and they're holding it in one hand and then the axe is the same. It's just enormous. Mm. Now, you built all of the women with axes and yeah. all the men with swords, didn't you? Yeah. Because it's, it's like six and four? Well, all of the arms are interchangeable. I believe so, yeah. Because the Dishonored's clearly a bloke. And so is the and champion. The champ- Although I thought you got a different... To- like, I thought you could make the fem- a female champion. No, that's in the cultist's kit. Oh, okay. Um, but I know there's at least three or maybe four female... It's four. It must be four and then four male and then the the, char- yeah. the, the Dishonored and the champion in, in male. Um, but the females with these giant weapons, I just looked at them and gone, oh my God, it's it's like handing the um, a guardian... And going, cool, we're not going to give you this elegant, like, spear-type weapon. We're going to give you a honking (laughs) two-by-four in each hand. Good luck swinging them. And um, they do look a bit funny in real life. I I really like (laughs) The men don't look much better, to be fair. These tiny little humans with these giant, like, Asadi-sized chain weapons. Well, they're not not quite. They're not quite, but they look it. The the Dishonored's weapons, who... He's on a 40 mil base, which just blows my mind why he's not on 32. I don't know. Because they come on 28s, don't they? Yeah, they're all on 28s, which annoys me slightly. Um, The Dishonored, I thought they would have just gone on 32. And it looks like he would fit a 32. But he's not a space marine, as far as we can tell in no, the rules. And read... they and the community article references it again, that he's not a marine. We He's got butcher's nails, though. Does he? Yeah, he's got, like... They're small ones, but he has butcher's nails. Well, to be fair, all of them have combat drug... Like, they're all carrying vats of combat drugs and wires yeah. and shit. So maybe it's not butcher's nails so much as, like, the stim injector ports and that. Because they reference that in the fluff about him. All the ports in his body are for pumping him full of drugs. He's just got a bunch of wires going directly to his head. So I just It could very well be a butcher's nails, nails then. Sure. Um, I don't know how many of them we're actually going to see on the table outside of, like, fun games and crusade games and that Jackals, sort of stuff. I feel like could hold back objectives, but... 
the problem is there are other things in the book that are probably better for that in terms of holding back objectives to the price that you pay. Because nothing has guns, so at that point you spawn for way cheaper. Exactly. Um, are you going to get any more of them? Are you going to do a full squad of 20? Probably. <laughs> Just buy a combat patrol. Yeah, I'll, I'll, when that comes out, that's probably what I'll do. We'll split a combat patrol because I'll need a Lord of Mercatus myself. And like a bunch of parts from Berserkers. Yeah. We'll work something out when that when that becomes available. Um, in terms of kits, there was only really one other kit that we got, wasn't there? Hmm. Shall we talk about he's, the big guy? He's not little, but he's also not big. He's not... He's the smallest out of the three Primarchs, which is... I think Community did a photo comparison, didn't they? I don't think they have, no. I'm sure I've seen a photo comparison of him. I've seen mock-ups, but I don't think Community did one. I'm going to have a look while you're chatting about okay. him, because you were the one who built and painted I him. And there, and are photos, there are photos in the show notes. Go and check them out. You'll be able to find those like as this goes live. Yeah. Well, they'll go, they'll go on the Facebook page. They'll also go on in the show notes. Yeah. So, Angron, he went together beautifully. I have basically no complaints about him. All, it was all very clear in the instructions. Um, he had big... Like, there were little fiddly things. Like, you had to put in the talons on his wings. Oh, the bla- like the claws. Yeah. Like yeah. The, and those were... Separate, but those were from top to bottom. They went on top to bottom. So, like... You didn't even you really put them in the right them order, and you're yeah. fine. The wings were like the hardest part, honestly. So he he was not difficult at all. Um, he's only got one option, which is a, I believe Warhammer community put it. You can have him bellowing with rage, or slightly before about to bellow with, with rage. rage. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Th- so there there is a comparison. Oh yeah. Um, it was from a January twenty sixth oh, article. Goodness. And um, it basically gives you the silhouettes of the three Primarchs yeah. side by side, which we will have, have to try and get a photo of. Angron, wingtip to wingtip is the smallest, but his standing, his head reaches Mortarians, who's floating. Yeah, so if you actually straightened it, like if you took Angron off his base and you put him standing in such a way that he's like more like his, his leg pose is actually pretty comparable to Mortarian because he's all hunched he's actually bigger than Mortarian oh he's physically much larger but he's like all crouched and yeah so the wings probably come up to just above Magnus's head just a little yeah. bit above Magnus's head oh I've, I've like I'm bit. talking horns and all oh then, like yeah, I'm talking just just above the horns um he's on a hundred mil base same as the other Primarchs yes. yeah um he definitely bulks out and fills that base really well. He, does. he also doesn't overhang it particularly much. Like, Not the sword much. overhangs a little bit, and up high, the wings overhang a little bit. Yeah. But he certainly feels more like a column, whereas the other two Primarch, Mortarion and Magnus, they kind of spread out. It. Yeah, particularly the wings. There's just this big sort of splayed... Like, Magnus's wings, you could fit, like, two Magnuses side by side that don't have wings in the wingspan, because he's that Well, you've wide. also got his big staff, like the big blade that oh, overhangs. I build him with the little staff. So. And if you go Mortarion, he's got the giant scythe, and then again, the wings overhang yeah. both sides. Angron doesn't do that. Angron, the rocks on Angron's base go together. That was another thing that didn't go together particularly well, and they warped it slightly. Like, so mm. it's bowed not to the point where it's like detrimental to the model but it's just so this so is slightly. you start getting limits to plastic kits as yeah. to how injection plastic works which is why the base is broken up into pieces um we also noticed that you could in theory build him without his armor or at yes. least part of his armor he needs basically the back and top of the cow but he doesn't need his chest plate or shoulder pads and it's all sculpted under there 
like Magnus. Like Magnus, and he's got all the armor injection ports, but unlike Magnus, they're all giant, like inflamed and angry, which So you, you do have to have the wrist armor because his weapons yeah. are chained to him. And the butcher's nails do feed into the hood. So, yeah, so you, you have to have the hood. It's also something we noticed you can't... Well, you could, but it'd be a pain in the butt. You have to put the wings on. You can't leave them separate. Yeah, I built it. I built and painted them in, like, one, in piece. one piece. It, like, I didn't leave the armor on, but like other than that... But the because of the way they're not... Again, they're not a separate join. They're actually the way the arm... They have to put the wings on before the arms go on from memory, don't you? Um, you build the wings and arms as one assembly. Then yeah. So I can see people doing sub-assemblies with it, but it's going to be very different to the average where you can just... Yeah. Like with Magnus, you just leave the wings off and glue them on at the very end. To be fair, I painted him as one piece as well. But yeah. That's well, when I, did, when I did the one that I painted as a commission, the wings were left off yeah. and then painted no, I separately. Can, I would definitely... I can definitely see the value in that, but I don't like sub-assemblies if I can help it. No. Um, but he is a big chunky boy. He's... You left. The, you did leave one part off. Yes, his necklace with not Kamasai Yarek's skull. Yeah, so you, the, I left that off so you could see the front armor detail. And they, you don't miss anything by not including that because the chains kind of yeah. come up under the armor and are lost up around his neck. No, they bolt onto some like just bonding studs on his front. So oh, you, do they? You can literally leave it, leave it off, and there's no loss of detail whatsoever. Oh, cool. Along with some of the other like chains he's got around his legs, but I left those ones on because. And when it comes to his mouth, it's actually the jaw that changes, isn't it? Yeah, so the top of his head is shared. Yeah, so you don't get a full face; you get you get a jaw and like and the a wires tongue. that connect the jaw to like the neck. But other than that, same same head. Yeah, Which... so it's not a full head swap; it's a half head swap. And he fits on two sprues, unlike his brother. Well, that that was the most interesting part because when we got the box, it was like, oh. This isn't a tank box, no. but it's also not the avatar. The avatar was one frame. Yeah. So it was the big box, but it was the skinny version. And then this was a box size in between. It wasn't the yeah. giant three sprue one, but it wasn't the skinny one sprue one. It's the same box size as Magnus, and I believe slightly smaller than Mortarian. Yeah, well, but the, the, like we say, Magnus, yeah. we're 90% sure, had three sprues no, in Magnus it. Magnus only had two. Did Magnus only have two? Yep. Morty oh, yeah. had three. Well, I've got Games Workshop here in front of me, so I'm okay, going to open them and have a quick look. Check. That's another one I'm like pretty confident on. Um, but he does only come on two frames. And it wouldn't surprise me to have Death Guard come on three. Just because all Because, of well, he gets alternate arms with... He yeah. gets two silences from memory, doesn't he? Or is it just two arms? Um, he gets two of the lantern and two of the haft for silence, but he doesn't get like the head. That's, that's what I thought, yeah. Um, of course, Games Workshop's website is always fun because it yeah. likes to time out. Well, I'm just going to keep talking two about... Two sprues. Him. Two spruce for Morty. Two spruce for Morty. And I know Magnus is too, because I did build him the other day. I said the other day. I think it was October. Uh, let's have a look and see if you're right. Uh, a Thousand Suns. Thousand Suns. Magnus. He's 10 bucks cheaper than Mortarian. He's 220. Mag uh, Mortarian's 230. And Magnus is three, fr three frames. Is he? He is three frames. I might have got them the wrong way around then. Yep. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I guess I was wrong on that one. There you go. Um, but yeah, only two frames like Mortarium. So, it was the same box size as Magnus then, which was interesting. Yeah, it is. I thought... Um, but yeah, it's it was it was a skinny box. It was certainly a skinnier box than we were expecting, given yeah. the bulk. And he is bulky, like we were... But it is very clever how they put it together, because like, the base is hollow and the, the parts sort of... And he's obviously hollow to some degree. Like, the base being hollow was what bent the base slightly. Yeah, but you can't make that solid plastic no. anyway. No. Um, you can't. But it is it is a fantastically detailed model. Certainly, way more than 
like you, you every time you pick it up you you're finding something else cool. Yeah. And that's the best part about it and it's funny because I think that you're going to see him a lot because he's just a cool model. And you don't see Magnus and Mortarian, but they are a different kind of cool model, in my opinion. But they've also aged now. Like, Magnus is the tail end Ma- of 7th. Yeah. And, and Morty's the start of 8th. Magnus? Start of 8th? Yeah. Yeah, because it was right as Death Cup were coming out, and they were like the Necrons of... Yeah, Magnus. yeah, yeah. Magnus does have a few lines and like marks showing his age at this point, but Mortarian is still a brilliant kit to... Well, Magnus would be 2017? Yeah. 16? And Morty 16. would have been 2018. Because that was when 8th started. Because that's when the... 8th was 2017. It was 2017? Yeah, it was middle of 20... Because I went to LVO for 7th, and then they announced it at LVO in 2017. Damn, okay. Um, which is what makes me think Magnus was probably 2016. Yeah. Because wasn't that the year he won Miniature of the Year? Um. Yes, it was. Nuddy said it was. And then Morty was the next year. Yeah. So he must have been released in late 2017. And so we've had five years between Primarchs at this point. But, like, they do have flaws in both of their designs, which aren't present in Angron, basically at all. Like, putting the wings on Mortarian, the nightmare. But that also just goes to show the technology shifts and the yeah. des- design development shifts have been significant, even in five years, let alone if you look at models going back. And the Avatar's kind of the same. He's... There's stuff that they've done in plastic with him that you just wouldn't have thought to consider doing five years ago, let alone 10 or 15. Like the flame effects? The flame effects, but also the way the strapping holds all the runes and stuff around his waist and the way the um, the Wraithbone plate sits on his front. All of that is not something that would have entertained doing a decade ago. It's also all like free from the detail on his chest from memory, isn't it? Yeah. So like it's all separate and there's like gaps in between it, which is good. And that's that's just showing that these latest modern big kits, how far the technology's come. And Angron is kind of the most recent yeah. and exemplary version of that. He's an exemplar. I'm a sucker for big centerpiece models. I love them. They're always great, except when they're like 30k Angron. <laughs> that's because he was the first. We're going to diss 30k Angron. He sucks. Um, I'm really interested to see how the new demon prince because we haven't got one of new demon princes um how he fits in because obviously you can build him with armor or without and you can build him with an axe or a sword and different heads so it'd be interesting to see how the aesthetic carries through um for those of you wondering yes he does have a gun in the world leaders codex it's called an infernal cannon that could be a cool use for 30k i'm thinking about a demon prince because he's not a bad model it's just a bad paint job on the web store Look, there's certainly the um, the paint job sometimes for the Forge what leaves a bit too desired, but we're not going to talk about that. No. Um, Khan is the same Khan. I think he got updated slightly. The new, the current model is the same oh, one I from think, 2016. Yeah, right. I thought we were talking about rules. 15, 16. Yeah. It was 16. Um, so he hasn't changed. Um, the Terminators are exactly the same Terminators. That was probably exactly. my, my biggest disappointment. I will say you do get a really good set of transfers in most of these kits. Yes. But like it's got a bunch I had one here where did it go I don't know um, the like the Black Legion transfers where they're all like gold that's what all of the world uses ones are yeah so you do get a good like it's a it's an A5 sheet not an A4 because um, it fits in the A yeah but it, it is a really nice set of transfers so if you're putting it on Land Raiders Rhinos Predators uh, Shoulder Pads of Terminators they like, soft redesigned the World Leaders logo as well they just got rid of the blue world in the middle and well I no it's always been the mouth yeah um, and then over the years it's sort of come and gone I don't know if it's a redesign so much as an aesthetic choice I definitely prefer it without the blue planet in the middle 
Like, you could obviously paint in a blue circle and put the transfer on top, but I much prefer the simplicity of just the gold more. I think they missed a trick, though, particularly with the Terminators, in that we yeah. we already had Red Butchers mentioned in, in 30k. We've had the... There's a stratagem called Red Butchers, which doesn't do what it used to do anymore, um, from Index to Codex. Yeah. It, in my brain, I'm sat here going, surely... For 28 bucks, they could do what they do for Space Marines mm. and go, instead of getting 10 shoulder pads for Space Marines, here's a sprue. It has five World Eater shoulder pads for Terminators. It gives you five alternate heads with Butcher's Nails in them for Terminators. Or the big, like, teeth Indominus with, like, the big tusks and, like, the gaping teeth. Yeah, so, like, it wouldn't have been hard for them to put a $28 sprue together that goes, here's an upgrade pack for your Terminators. So... Like I say, you need head swap one shoulder pad. You don't even need two. It'd be five shoulders. Sort of like the old Forge World Terminators. Like the up World Eaters upgrade for them. Yeah, sort of. You could even turn around and go, okay, cool. We're going to give you um, an axe, one of the old references, and, and give them an axe of corn arm. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, the little things they could have done. They didn't, wouldn't need to change the rules at all. No. It could have just been a cool upgrade set because the Terminators feel a bit plain. Because they're just Chaos Terminators. Chaos Space Marine book. Yeah. Um, like I do... Thousand Suns got their own Terminators. But... I do think that putting spare Berserker heads into these Terminator kits again... I'm not sure they would fit the current Terminators because of the way the heads go in. You'd have to do a bunch of conversion. Like, I don't think conversion. you'd have to do much. You might have to trim down the neck plug. Yeah. But that'd be it. Like, if you're cutting it flat and just gluing it in... Oh, yeah, I guess that would work. Um, but I do feel like that's a uh, that's a missed opportunity for something really easy. And there's a couple of things like that in the book, like. Well, we'll, we'll talk about the rules when we get there. Um, the in terms of the vehicles, there's no vehicle upgrade sprue, which again I think is a missed opportunity. Because Black Templars got one, which. Yeah, which included like, but their upgrade isn't in a blister pack; it's in a box, and you get a transfer sheet and a whole bunch of relics yeah. and all sorts of stuff. This they book could have easily done that for the world eaters. Well, they could have gone down that road and given you again a sprue that includes a champion's head, so you can do the conversion they show you for the master of executions. Exactly. Yeah. But I think that head is just a spare one. It's one it's of the spare the champion ones from the berserker box. It it is. It is literally yeah. yeah. Um, and the same with the transfer sheet. It's straight out of out of that. The rest of the units that you actually get access to, I'll just give a quick rundown and then we'll take a break and we'll start talking rules. So you get Angron as a Lord of War, Khan the Betrayer, which is a model for, Lord Invictus, Vicardus, which we have a model for, Demon Prince, which we've got a new model for, yep. World Leader's Lord on Juggernaut, new model, Master of Executions, a HQ, which is literally... Which is interesting given that he's an elite in the Chaos Codex. Yep. Um, but he just literally, the model they show you is a standard model with a Berserker head. Yeah. It's a, literally one of the champion heads. Um, Corn Berserker's new kit, Jackal's new kit, World Leader's Terminators, we've already kind of just covered that now. I feel like that's a missed opportunity. And there's a couple of those feelings. Eight bound, exalted eight bound, new kits. Hellbrute, generic Hellbrute. Sure. I don't really no care. I think you're going to see a lot of them in this army for a rules thing, but we'll talk about that in a minute. I love Hellbrutes. Chaos Spawn, what the hell? That's the only fast attack. Yeah, that throws me in completely. The there, are so, there are so many things they could have done. Again... If they turned around with the upgrade frame, I would have I would have even said go do a fifty dollar one like the Black Templars, mm. and go, go ham. here are you don't even need to to be fair because you got the spare parts from the Berserkers, but corn bikers, corn raptors, those arm swaps and head swaps from a Berserker kit 
do themselves. You don't have to do anything. You just get the spare parts and glue them on. Like you were talking about, like Raptors could have been like a spoiler squad. Destroyer. Destroyer. They could have done a new unit with jump packs, given them twin pistols, and then like rad grenades and stuff. Yeah, and actually built a unit from the heresy, but made them like Like psycho corrupted and insane. You don't. You can still give them butcher nails and stuff, but instead of hacking you up with an axe, they take great delight in flying over you and dumping rad grenades on your face and watching you melt. Like that's a world eaters thing. That's a world eaters thing. Um, the spawn play a very important role in this army, but the fact that the only fast attack is just a missed opportunity. The land raider, fine. Defiler, fine. The predators strike me as odd, but they do reference in the codex. There's an armored company of world eaters that are actually sane enough most of the time to drive tanks. Tanks. Um, the fact they didn't give that's them the blue and white color scheme, isn't it? No, no, that's the gladiator temple. Ah. The fact that they didn't turn around for these vehicles, and again, with a vehicle upgrade sprue, and there used to be one you could buy, which was a a corn destroyer upgrade, which was basically a giant big mouth dozer blade blender thing that went on the front of a vehicle. I think I've seen that. There was no model for it. There were rules for it. But again, how did you not give these things a 10-point upgrade that gave them a combat weapon? Like 10 points, plus one strength... Minus two AP, two damage, with a special rule that said, when attacking with this weapon, make three attacks at weapon skill four plus. Like, it writes itself. I don't know how that was missed. Um, Forge Fiend, I don't even know why it's in here, to be fair. The Mauler Fiend makes sense. The Forge Fiend, I think, should have been left out. They're not particularly good from playing with them recently. No, but also, there's no Tech Marine in this book. There's, yeah, there's no... What do you call There's it? no Warp Smith. Warp Smith, that's it. Like, a Mauler Fiend I can get behind. Because it's a giant... But if it was me, I would have used the Slaughter Brute, not the Mauler Fiend. Slaughter Brute? Like, T-Sons of Mutalith Vortex Beast. The alternate build is a Slaughter Brute. Well, that's the alternate build in that box. So you ditch the Forge Fiend, and you take the Mauler Fiend profile, rename it Slaughter Brute, and slap the model in there. And get rid of the Mauler Fiend entirely. And then they've got something unique that Chaos Springs don't have. Um... You can even tweak it. Obviously, you'll tweak the weapons and stuff. But my point is that if you want that sort of demon engine thing, surely getting rid of the shooty one and the ones that aren't being... like Heldrake, I'd say leave because it's funny. The Rhino's fine. The Heldrake... The Heldrake, I actually don't mind because it fills a role in the army that the army needs to be yeah. complete. It's something the Gene Steel Occult still they still struggle with. They don't have any aircraft and they don't have any real air support. And that's kind of... Uh, this also does get the Lord of Skulls as another... Mm, um, which is... Never going to be used because you're going to be fielding Angron. Um, it's, it's too many points. Yeah. Um, actually, that's not true. You will use it. You will see it. But it's not. It's an old model now. It's from 4th edition Apocalypse, and it's really showing its age. Oh, I built the, the, the Kai-10. version. Yeah, the you, Kai-10. you haven't built the bottom of it. Uh, <laughs> true, because it didn't come with it. No. I would have built it into a Chaos Baneblade. But, but surely, like, if you didn't want to make new units, if you didn't want to make new, like, full new kits like the, the Destroyer Squad... An upgrade pack that included an upgrade for Terminators just to make mm. them look different. An upgrade pack f- that included spare parts so you can turn Raptors or Bikers or both into, into ca- corn versions. And then the Slaughter Brute, which you already have the model for. Like, how is how does that just not get included? Like, like maybe up the Mauler Fiend's, like, wounds or, like, weapon skill, if it, maybe? If it was me, I would have... I'd ditch the Forge Fiend entirely. Because... Who needs it in the shooting army? I'd potentially leave the Mauler Fiend, and then I'd move the Mauler Fiend to fast attack. Yeah, because they don't have any fast attack other than... Well, I'd I'd increase it to move 12. Yeah. Make it pay more points. 
Um, but then you could afford to put the slaughter brute into heavy support as like a big like a siege engine thing mm-hmm. rather than a barrel at you like a like a super quick hunting cat. This is you've got like a you've basically got a lion in fast attack in the the Mauler fiend or the war elephant in heavy support. The war elephant. That's that's what the slaughter brute would be because yeah. it's friggin' enormous. It's what the middle of the vortex be. Yeah, yeah. It's an alternate build. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So I don't know. There there seem to be just really easy things like a squad of berserkers riding juggernauts that'd be cool that's like well, the fact that there's the there's the skull the blood crushers for demons and the skull crushers which are literally chaos warriors riding juggernauts for age of sigma how did they not throw a backpack sprue in that kit and go there you go that would have been better than nothing yeah there's there's just units that easily could have been added to this and the, the units they did include, like the Predator Destructor, the Predator Annihilator, the Defiler. It's the same thing that they're in every Chaos Codex. Like, they don't need them. You know, how many times are you actually going to see a World Eaters player that gets plus one strength and attack on the charge, or when charged, or Heroic Intervene? How many times are they fielding Predators? No one fields Predators. Exactly. Because they're not good. What's the point? What I mean, they are T8 in this, like the Chaos Space Marine book, yeah. unlike the other versions of every other Marine army. But Chaos players don't field them. I no, mean, that, and that's exactly right. And it's the same with the Defiler. The Defiler's only T7. If that had been T8, there might be a conversation. The Land Raider at T9 feels like it should be a conversation, but it's not. Because it's still 250 points. Yeah, it's 265, I think it is. Oh, Jesus Christ. I thought it was um, 245. I'll have a look in a second. But the... It just feels like there's a few little opportunities, whether it's a rules tweak or a unit tweak, that could have been done to this, that would have made, visually made the army really distinctive. Because when you put a Thousand Suns army down, they're all gilded, They're all like, distinctive. Like magic, and when you do a Death Guard army, moldy, it's the same thing. Like pestilent. This will only get that if you avoid the Chaos, space the, the chaos units. And you, like if you're building it around Berserkers and eight bound and jackals and the characters it's fine because at first glance they don't look that distinct from chaos space marines but looking at them their trim is like they're very different pointy yeah opposed to like the clean trim of the chaos marines what was looking at points wise uh well uh, what do you call it land raider um land raider 265 since the chaos look then well the hellbrute in this is still the old points values instead of it being Uh, 105 all in apart from the las cannon this one's still 105, and you pay for a combi bolter, and you pay for a heavy flamer, and you pay for a multi melter, and you pay for a twin las cannon, and you pay for a twin heavy bolter. You have to pay for all the options. This book feels like it should have come out before Codex Care Space Marines. Mm, this book should have come out before the last points update. That or that. But it also has a lot of design elements in it that we're going to talk about in a second mm. that are very clearly new propositions and potentially the way the Codex will look like going forward. Yeah. But because we've been talking for about an hour now, let's take a quick break and we're going to play this cool bumper from Matt. I've listened to it. It's very cool. Um, And then we'll be back to talk about the rules for Codex World Eaters. Whenever I travel the immaterial and find myself in the warmth neighborhood of terror. I tend to eavesdrop on those deliciously corruptible mortals via their portal known as Objecto-Secure. And I can harness all of their knowledge 
and all of their power, because I know their true names. So here's Mike and Emma. We're back from the warp, and we're going to talk world leaders, specifically Codex. Codex world leaders. Yep. No white dwarf indexes here. No. We are not going to cover any of the units in de- any depth that are in the Codex Chaos Space Marines. Because they're the same. Yep. They have not changed. So basically, Terminators, Spawn, Land Raiders, Defilers. Oh, I feel like we should touch on Spawn. We're going to talk about them. We're not going to go into the data no, sheet in any great depth because it's not changed. Um, yeah, so Terminator, Spawn... Heldrake, Defiler. All the demon engines and vehicles, basically. Yeah, Land Raiders, Predators, Rhinos, Forge Fiend, Mauler Fiend, and the Lord of Skulls. Because they have. They were all copy pasted straight out of Codex Space, Chaos Space Brands. Now, Army Rules. It's already interesting the moment you get to page 44 of this book. Legion Trait. Well, no, this actually starts before Legion Trait. Okay, but the fact that they have a Legion Trait. Yep. So. Um, world Leaders Detachment is, is one that only includes models with the World Leaders keyword, excluding models with the Agents of Chaos or Unaligned keyword. So you can include an Agent of Chaos? In theory. So a Baden can go in World Leaders? Well, no, because this is what I mean. It gets weird. How so? Um, well, one of the two things that you can build is a Disciples of the Red Angel. Yes. Okay? It very clearly says, when mustering your army... Uh, if it includes one or more world leaders detachment, yeah, you then have to pick whether it's a world leader or a disciple of the Red Angel. Mm-hmm. Cool. A world leaders detachment is defined as one that only includes models from the world with the world leaders keyword, which the Red Angels disciples of the Red Angel allows you to include corn demons, which will not have the world leaders keyword. Yes. So then it's not a world leaders detachment. Unless it's. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> is a world leader's detachment different to a Disciples of the Red Angel? Well, no. A world leader's detachment is a, one that only includes world leader's units. World leaders units. And then it, it then goes on to say, if you include one or more world eaters' detachments, you must select one of the following sub-factions, either world leader's legion or Disciples of the Red Angel. And then under Disciples, it says, note that these rules include additional restrictions that apply when mustering your army. Not... Un- additional units, additional restrictions. So you can't include demon units in Disciples of the Red Angel, which specifically, which specifically says you can include corn demon units. I'm assuming you'd go off the bit that says you can include them. Well, technically, it's a legal unit, be- a legal detachment because they all have the corn keyword. Yeah. Which makes it not a world leader's detachment, which means you don't get any of the Red Angel rules. So no blood type. Which is <laughs> the whole point of taking it. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. It's really weird. It feels really intuitive. Oh, cool. I can't take all of these units, but I can include corn demons. And then I get this different set of rules. But if I include corn demons, I stop it's being not. a world is detachment, which means I don't get, get the cool rules. Um, I, I don't know about that. It feels really strange. I'm I'm almost certain that the intention is you get to use the sub-faction to sap as the Red Angel and ignore the only world is thing in exchange for putting in... Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, it's super weird. Um, you also have Chosen of Corn and Mere Mortals. Um, and troops are obviously obsec. Yeah. Chosen of Corn means you're going to include one demon prince in each world leader's detachment. It's not lord. It's just demon prince. So you, it doesn't matter if Khan has a lord keyword or not. Cause... I'm now wondering whether Angron has the demon prince keyword. 
Ooh. Um, mere mortals is you can't include more cultists than Butcher Astartes. Fun fact, these are Butcher Astartes, not... Heretic Astartes. Heret- they do still have the Heretic Astartes keyword, but... Oh, so sorry, they're not Traitor Astartes. Yes. And they're not... So you've got Traitor Astartes, Bubonic Astartes... Like, Anathema Astartes? Anathema Astartes, and now Butcher Astartes. No, maybe I'm thinking of Anathema Psychana, which is the... Sorcerer Astartes? I don't know. The, whatever the Thousand Astartes Suns maybe? one are. Yeah, no one knows. It's a mystery. Um... When you select one of these subfection rules, World Eaters units gain the Relentless Rage Legion trait found in both sets of subfaction, and you gain access to all the rules found in the subfaction, which includes relics, warlord traits, and stratagems. Um, you also get Demon Engine rules, so everyone gets a 5-up save and regains the Lost Wound if you're a Demon Engine, and Warp Strike, which means if you get this rule, you can, deep, deep, strike. You can deep Strike. Um, all Chaos has Warp Strike instead of Deep Strike. Yep. Except Demon Engine. Well, Deep Strike doesn't actually exist anywhere anywhere. I thought Marines had it. Or do they have Teleport Strike? The Teleport Strike's the Terminator one, yeah. I don't know what the drop pod says. Orbital Insertion, I think, is what that one's called. Yeah, but it's... It Deep Strike's the old oral, yeah. So the Blood Tithe we'll talk about very quickly. Um, this is one that I noticed a lot of people have already started making assumptions of and haven't gotten right, even though a lot of this has been shown off by Wyman Community. So I want to talk about this a little bit. Every time something dies, you're going to get a point. Every time something dies. Something dies. Doesn't matter who kills it or how or why. If every unit for army has the World Eaters keyword, which again, Disciples Mm -hmm. of the Red Angel starts getting weird, you can gain Blood Tithe points over the course of the battle. Now it's army-wide. Bear that in mind. So when you pay for something, the whole army gets it. Well, no, no, I'm talking about to get the Blood Tithe, which means you can't even include an allied detachment of Corn Demons. Mm. Oh, you could, as long as they had Agents of Chaos and were less than 25%. Yes. Okay. Over the course of the battle, as described below, keep note of your Blood Tithe. Each time a unit is destroyed, gain one Blood Tithe point. So that's it. Every, that, time every, every time something dies, you're going to get Things are going to be dying, so that's good. Yours or theirs, doesn't matter. Corn doesn't care where it comes from. At the end of each phase, if a character, monster, or vehicle were destroyed in that phase, gain one point. At the end of the phase, if any Titanic units were destroyed, gain one point. It's applied at the end of the phase because you only get it once. Which means if your opponent has 13 knights and you kill four of them, you don't get eight points. Mm -mm. You get five. You get four for the units, and then because you killed a vehicle, monster, or character, you get one extra point. If you kill... Say, for example, you're playing against an, an, an Imperial Knights army. Their warlord is a Knight Questorus. And then they've got a bunch of war dogs. Mm. You kill the Knight Questorus and you kill three war dogs in one round. It's only only. worth six. You get four for the three baby knights and the one big knight. You get another one because one of those models was Titanic. And And then one because you killed a character, monster, or vehicle. So it's for a total of six. It wouldn't stack. That's the important part. Because I've seen a lot of people going... Oh, knights are stuffed because every time you kill a Helvern, it's worth two points straight away. No. It's not. It's That's why it's done at the end of the phase. You only get that bonus point after the, the phase has ended and you go, do I meet either of these two conditions? If the answer is yes, I get an extra one. So unit count is more important than the other, other bits. Um, and it does go on to describe that and says, at the end of the fight phase, one Titanic vehicle character unit and one other unit have been destroyed. You would gain one blood tithe point for each unit as they're both destroyed. And then at the end of the phase, you'll gain one additional point because of a character or vehicle and one additional point because of Titanic for a total of four. So it does it does explain it. 
But I think a lot of people are having, well, because we have we obviously haven't had the full rules shown. We've only had previews from home community. It's important people understand that it's not stackable for everything. Yeah. Uh, they also do make a note, designer's note, that says um, this happens during both players' turns. Corn does not care where the blood flows from. Is, is that in the design? It's literally okay. there. This rule applies during both players' turns and whether those models are friendly models or not. After all, Corn cares not from whence the blood flows. Uh, and then at the end of each phase, after gaining any points, you can spend them on blessings for the blood god. So it happens in your opponent's turn as well. You can purchase as many blessings as you wish during the battle, but you can only purchase one per phase. And then with the exception of Reborn in Blood, you can only purchase each one once per battle. Which makes sense because they army-wide, so... Yeah. Um, and you basically, you deduct the cost from your pool and you pay for the upgrade. Um, it's also important to note that if you do use Reborn in Blood, it does count towards the one for that phase. Mm. So you... Reviving Angron can happen multiple times, but it's also something that you have to balance with getting other access to other things. So they range between two and six blood points. The cheapest one, which I think is an easy one that you'll just never see used, against things like Thousand Suns, yes. Um, it's two points, and until the end of the game, all world leaders' models have a five-plus save, a five-plus feel-no-pain versus mortal wounds. Which only against psychic gummies like Grey Knights, Thousand Suns. Anything with, that's... Maybe some Eldar, but... Anything that spams mortal wounds, you're going to see that, but it's it's the least useful of them. Mass Volkite, maybe? Um, Warblades is four which improves your melee, by, um, melee AP by one for the rest of the game. Which is pretty good against... Well, it makes, makes Berserkers Neg 2 flat. I think they already are Neg 2. I thought they were only Neg 1. No, I think the Chainblades are Neg 2 damage. Uh, I think you're wrong. Oh, that's what they are in the White Dwarf, at least. Uh, that's Jackals. Oh, no, so it would make them Neg 3. Yeah, because they are Neg 2. For four, for four Blood Tithe, that's something that I think you'll do a Especially lot of. Especially against Sisters of Battle, they just get no safe. And Sisters are in Power Armor. I thought they had only had like a four up save. No. Oh. I have a three up save. Why did I have you on for this rules bit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, refueled invigoration, three points. Add one to the charge rolls for your army. Yeah. That should be a default one you take as Just early as possible. Always do. Um, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to be not one you take. The AP one, I think, will be situated. Like, you're probably not going to take that against Gene Steeler Colt or anything with mass invulnerables you probably don't care about. But a Space Marine army, tipping those to Neg 3 is pretty significant, particularly yeah. with the loss of Armor of Contempt. Uh, five points for Martial Excellence. Pretty expensive. Sixes to hit, score one additional hit. Yeah, so it's... It's exploding sixes yeah. army-wide for five points. So you take it. Uh, Savage Guidance, five points, plus one to hit in melee. Just army-wide. Army-wide. Hitting on twos. Wrathful Devotion, four points... Uh, is a 6 plus feel no pain army wide uh, total carnage <laughs> 6 points um, unmodified 6s to hit automatically wound and then combine that with the explode thing so you get one auto wound and then one that you have to roll to yeah. wound 4 but you're essentially getting a free hit and wound At that point you could just like roll but that's 11 wound. points combined and I would argue that by the time there's 11 blood tithe points you're either dead or dying, like, or you've won. So there's there is a balancing point there. And the last one is obviously reborn in blood, which is six, which is six, and let's let's Angron come back on uh, via warp strike, which is hilarious because if you get tables, it's like, oh, you've been tabled as the game. Ah, Angron's here. We're we're, we're coming back. back. 
he is um it is he's put up in your reinforcement so is he doesn't he only angron yes okay so it works like a warp strike like a deep strike yep and he doesn't immediately come back on this like it doesn't at the end of your opponent's shooting phase you go ha reborn in blood and put him straight back on the table no he comes back in your next reinforcement step which means that if he dies in turn five he dead mm. there's no conversation because he can't come back I do think that things like Warp Blades, um, or more importantly, Rage Fueled Invigoration for the plus one to charge for three points is just going to be one that you'll want to take every time. Because it's too useful. Yeah. Um, the AP's great. Um, and and even, depending, you'll probably pick one of the five point ones in isolation, depending on what's going on. Um, but they, they all feel useful. I think Spiteful Nullification is like i say it's the least useful because it only works on mortal wounds but it's also something that gets around a lot of the defenses that your army has so having it's nice and if you're playing thousand suns gray knights um like you said mass vulcanite spam from leagues of votan anything that delivers a lot of mortal wounds yeah having the two point ones kind of nice um it does mean as the as the game goes on the less world eaters models that are left the more dangerous they, they become. They get angrier as all their friends yeah. die. It also makes that you, it makes you want to build this army in a very multiple small unit army. Mm, so that way you maximise the amount of blood tides. Well yeah. Minimize like if you've deaths. got the slot, say, you take a squ- say you're taking three squads of ten berserkers, I have to ask why you aren't taking six squads of five. Yeah. Because you don't lose anything. It doesn't cost you more points. If you've got the troop slots, why aren't you? Yes, you're having to roll extra charge rolls, but it means that... like. I'd probably run a squad of 10 and then like four squads of five. Yeah, because you can do that in Arctic Yeah. Because that way you're maximizing the chances for blood tithe. You've got a big unit that will either draw fire or will make it there intact. Like, there, there is actually value in going small units and big units, mm. which is nice. Now, when we get to the Legion trait, Relentless Rage... At the start of the fight phase, if this unit made a charge move, was charged, or performed heroic intervention this turn until the end of the phase, add one to the strength and attack characteristic of models in this unit. So anything that gets the Legion trait is going to punch you harder in the first round of combat. So like no cult units get it. Uh, The spawn don't get it. Yeah, it has to be a Legion unit. Yeah. Um, Demon engines will though. Yes, because they have the Legion rules. Yeah. Now... Under the standard World Eaters Legion, when you pick which type, whether you want a Legion Detachment or a Disciples Detachment, the Legion Detachment gives you three Warlord traits and three Relics. That's, That's it. It's nothing compared to the And there are eight Stratagems. That's it. Haha, uh-huh, eight is like Korn's number. There is no way to give yourself an extra Warlord trait. There is no, no way to give yourself an extra Relic. Like That's it. Three and three. That is interesting to me makes it a lot easier you're not faffing yeah. around pre-game you're just going cool i want to like see so look at the relics helm of brazen ire each time an attack is made against the bearer minus one to wound yeah it's okay berserker glaive replace a chain axe or exalted chain axe or axe of dismemberment basically it has to go on one of your hqs hmm. plus two strength minus three ap two damage sixes to hit score two additional hits it's a pretty solid weapon cool Talisman of Rage. Select one World Leader's core unit within nine in the command phase. Until the start of your next command phase, each model 
makes an unmodified hit roll of six automatically wounds. That's probably my pick of the yeah. three, to be fair. You can't get that with blood type, but it's nice not to have to. Yeah, well, the fact that it just kind of works and putting that on the Juggernaut Lord, Where he's who can bounce left. around the field going, yeah, here's my nine-inch aura. Uh, it's not an aura, sorry, it's a picky unit. But still, all three of them are fine. One one basically makes you harder to kill, one makes you more punchy, and one affects other units. Decide which one you want to do and pick that relic because they all basically go on the same things. Warlord Traits. This is my favourite of these three generic Warlord Traits. That Not that you'll ever use it because the character ones are better or you have to use the character ones. Mm. Favourite of Corn. In your command phase, if this Warlord is on the battlefield, gain one Blood Tithe. He's so just, angry. He's just... He's probably... I don't want to say it, but... He's hurting himself to make corn to make happy. corn happy is is what it feels like. It actually says the wallet has the favor of corn, uh, and corn the blood god aids him in his slaughter with a portion of his own power. So corn basically is feeding him blood. The second one's called True Berserker. Each time a melee attack is allocated to this wallet, halve the damage characteristic rounding up. So we get all the bad rules. Which is pretty solid. Yeah. It's okay. Chaos and then, doing the same thing. And then Battle Lust is the third one. A warlord is eligible to perform Heroic Intervention 6. Um, and uh, if the warlord is in engagement range at the start of the fight phase, uh, it can fight first. Yeah, they're, they're all fine. They, they're all good. They're, they're not like... I think you're still taking Favoured of Corn a lot of the time just for the Blood Tithe. Yeah. The problem is that all three of these rely on you not having a named character as your warlord. Which disciples of the, the no, that's a, disciples of the red angel warlord. has to have uh, warlord, not have angron. Have angron, warlord, and sorry. angron has to be warlord. So that removes it from there, and they they can't have this anyway because it's disciples have a different chart. Um, I also notice there's no random role, unlike other books, for warlord you traits. Pick, you not. pick one of these three, um, and if you're going with uh, the legion rules, which is where this comes from. The Lord Invocatus has built him Warlord trait is just better. Yeah. So I don't actually know how many of these Warlord traits you're actually going to see. Um, in terms of stratagems, like I said, you get eight stratagems. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nice and corn's number. But this comes back to what we were saying in the start. What is the, for forty forty eight dollars? What are you getting in the data cards? The cards? Like you must be getting blood tithe cards. You have to be getting blood something. tithe cards. Because if you're getting eight eight stratagems for the world, the legion, eight stratagems for the disciples, there's I think eight generic stratagems you always get in the deck, and then what else? There's no psychers, there's no like chance or anything you can do with priests or anything like that. It has to be blood tithe. Is and there even then? Well, that makes it what eight, sixteen, twenty four, like thirty two cards. Like my elder deck. Less than knights. Well, my elder deck had. What is it? 8, 16, 30, 48. I think it's about 80 cards in that deck because it's got four, five psychic disciplines plus it's got six pages of... Because it also had the Harlequin stuff in there as well. Like the Chaos book had all of the legions each having like eight... What do you call Stratagems. Yeah. So I would hope that you are getting the Blood Tithe. I would also hope you get a little deck of blood tokens or something like that to help you keep track of it because it's the only way I could justify $48. Even then. It's expensive. Uh, in terms of stratagems, though, we do get Red Butchers as a stratagem. It's 2 CP. Um, you select a world that is Terminator or 8-bound unit and add one to the damage characteristic until Which the end of the phase. pretty good on 8-bound, especially... Well, the 8-bound's base damage is 2. 
with their yeah. weapons. So Which making them three is scary. Possessed, Terminators. And it's eight-bound keyword, so it works on the Exalted yeah. as well. Uh, gory Dismemberment, one CP. That's such a corn name. Uh, world Eater's core or character. And until the end of the fight phase, each time a model with the unit makes a melee attack, an unmodified wound roll of six inflicts one mortal wound in addition to any normal damage. Angron's to a character. A, to a maximum of six mortal wounds. <laughs> yeah, 39. Yeah, and 39, and like a bunch of mortals. <laughs> oh, there goes half my army. Uh, skulls for the Skull Throne. One CP or two CP. I can't believe there's no stratagem called Blood for the Blood God. Uh, no, there's not. That's interesting. Um, use this stratagem when the enemy warlord is destroyed by a melee attack from a World Eater's character. You can select one or both of the following options. It's Ooh. one CP if you pick one. It's two CP if you pick both. One C- uh, For one is either gain two additional blood tithe. Yeah. Or, until the end of the battle, add one to the advance and charge rolls for that character. So for two CP you get both. For one CP you pick one or the other. I'd probably go for the blood tithe most of the time because it's got more application well and then army wide stuff yeah so yeah it's an interesting strategy but it does rely on your one of your characters killing their warlord mm. which I think sometimes you just rely on chip damage to get rid of them and like if you fly Angron in and do it on him I'd probably spend 2 CP yeah look if Angron's the one who's doing it giving him plus one advance and charge and extra blood tithe, which you could then spend to pop the extra charge distance, mm. giving him plus to you know it starts stacking pretty scarily. Uh, one CP That's if you kill it with Angron. Scorn of sorcery, which is four plus to nine psychics. Uh, it's a bit more refined than that. After a psychic test is passed, and after any deny which attempt is made, so you can still technically try and deny with no psychics. Um, in theory. Bellacore with Agents of Chaos. Ah. There's a reason why they've stipulated that. Um, If the enemy Psyker is within 24 inches of any World Eater units, roll one dice and a four plus, you deny it. So, deny, deny with Bellacore, I guess, and then... You've got to back up. Yep. Blood Frenzy. Uh, It's one or two CP. Uh, It's one CP for a troops unit. It's two CP for everyone else. Uh, select one World Eater's core unit from your army that is in engagement range of enemy unit until that enemy unit's attacks have been resolved. Uh, fight on death. Yeah, that's quite good. I'm just going to say, exalted eight-bound aren't core, but normal eight-bound are. Ooh. So having five eight-bound get charged, you know, I'm going to wipe them out. Yeah, they're going to wipe you out while they go because you charge them, which means you now give them their plus one strength and attack. And... They they fight on death now and they murder you in response. Uh, Aggressive intervention for one CP. Uh, World Eater's core unit um, can heroic intervene as if it were a character and it does it six inches horizontally, which is hilarious. (laughs) Because again, it's a core unit, an eight-bounder core. Oh, goodness. Um, I love that. Does Angron have a heroic intervene? Well, he's just a character, so he just gets heroic intervene. I know some characters get like six inches. No, you'd have to use um, the strat. The strat, like Gilliman and Abaddon, have six inches. Uh, smoke screen, one CP. Why would they include that? I yeah, that feels like a cop out. It, uh, we're gonna give you all these cool corn stratagems and smoke screen. You know what the that vehicles? You're do you know what using. that could have been? What? Run them down, one CP. Use on a world leader's vehicle model yeah. when it completes a successful like in the charge phase. This model on a four plus does D three mortal wounds. Like, 
theme it, turn it into something that the world leaders' vehicles. You like, you go, oh, cool! I'm actually going to run world leaders' vehicles because I can run you over. Like mortal wounds. Smoke screen is just such a cop out. Like killing wound cap characters with mortal wounds of charge face. Yeah, it's such a lazy one. Uh, And then icon of wrath is the last one for one CP world leaders icon unit, which I think is only berserkers because terminators can't. Jackals have an icon. They can. Yeah. But you'd never use it on Jackals or Berserkers. Um, you basically roll three dice and pick uh, the two highest for charge distance. For one CP. I think you're going to be doing that. Terminators every every, every single charge phase, you can charge something, you're going to be popping that one CP. Because Berserkers should have an icon for that strat. Um, I wish I hadn't made my icon excruciatingly large on my old Berserkers. <laughs> so the Disciples of the Red Angel still get Relentless Rage. They get three different relics. They get no warlord traits because they have to have Angron. As the warlord, and he's got his warlord. Angron has his own warlord trait, and Angron always has to be the warlord. Uh, Instead, they get demonic infusions, where they can pick one world eater's eight bound unit, and then you get one of the infusions for that unit for free. Note that it isn't instead of a a warlord trait, which means you don't pay the CP for it pregame. It's just free. You are paying it for Angron's warlord trait because because if you want it, you have to pay for it. But this isn't a cost. It's just a freebie. Restrictions and benefits. When mustering your army, the following apply. The army must include Angron, and that model must be your warlord. Fairly straightforward. Your army can only include corn demon, keyword, units, and world eaters, land chaos land raider units. So from this book, you can't actually run berserkers or jackals in this army. It's weird that they specified um, Land Raider until you realise that the land, land, have land, demon, yeah, land Raiders can demon. Land, well, land Raiders can, can carry, carry A-bound. A-bound yeah. Yeah. Um, and eight-bound units in your army have the obsec ability. Oof. Which is cool. But it does remove a bunch of units, so you can't use... So you obviously can take Angron and a Demon Prince. I've got to check whether Angron has the Demon Prince keyword, I don't though. think you will, because Magnus and Morty don't. Um... You can take the Chaos Lord on Juggernaut and the Lord of Mikardus because they both have Corn Demon. But you can't take a Master of Executions. Um, no you can't take Khan. No, no Khan. You can't take Berserkers. You can't take Jackals. You can't take Terminators. Oh, I think Angron and Khan hate each other. You can't take Hellbrutes. You can't take... You can take the Land Raider. You can't oh, take boy. Spawn. You can't take Predators or Rhinos, but you can take the Demon Engines. Yeah, because they got demon and they have to be corn. Um, but the fact that it says your army can only include, so it says army, not detachment. It says army can only include corn demon units and ward eaters, chaos land raider units. But that starts getting weird because you only generate blood tithe if the entire army is world eaters. So as soon as you put corn demons in, you don't get blood tithe. Like. Um, there's so many weird things going on with this part of the book that it feels like you're left going, well, am I only fielding eight bound and demon engines, basically? Which I feel like which isn't is which, is, which isn't a great army. It needs, it wants the corn demon units. Like now, at that point, all the demon stuff has to go into a patrol detachment to trigger the Arcs of Omen rules that lets you take them as an allied detachment. But then you also have to abide by the restrictions of 25% power level from the demon book to give them Agents of Chaos, which means that you would then keep the Blood Tithe rule. 
It's a Are you with me? <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's, so that's, it's, it's really convoluted. They're going to like say, oh yeah, just you don't lose blood tithe if you've got demons. They're going to say but that. The, but this is the thing. Like, I, I've been trying to write this army, trying to figure out how to do it. And it's really complicated because at first I was running multiple units of flesh hands and they realized I can't run more than two because they have to go into a patrol detachment. Uh, I'd say that will change. You see, but you see what I mean? I like see, I'm left yeah. going... This is really freaking awkward, and I have to include a three hundred and sixty point Angron to to kick it off. Um, he's not bad. He's not bad, nice. but Jesus, this is this is complicated. He's not five hundred like his brothers. Relics. The first one you take, you don't take the other ones. Moving on. Um, what? <laughs> there's three relics. There's only one worth taking. Um, so the first one's called Burning Plate. Mm. Um, add plus one to the armor saves and plus one to the wounds characteristic of the character. Uh. Apply to a Demon Prince. Demon Prince is now T7, 9 wounds, and 2 up, 4 up. Enjoy. Yeah, he just goes and murders Moving those. on. It might, be T6. it might be T6. Doesn't matter. He's basically a mini Angron at that point. See, that's where you could use 30k Angron. We've come full circle. <laughs> Put wings on him and away you go. Um, the second one is called the Soul Burner which replaces the Infernal Cannon. So you can only give this to a Demon Prince. So you can either make him tougher, or I can give him a 2d6, Strength 7, Neg 2, 1 damage, auto-hitting Flamer. It's actually an okay gun, if it weren't for the fact that 2 plus save and 9 wounds on that Demon Prince is just so valuable. It's better. Um, I can see places where the Soul Burner would have an... Like, if it was 2 damage, Absolutely. But 2d6, 1 damage. Uh, and then the last one's called the Skull of Angranant. Angranant. Angry Ant. Um, in your command phase, select one enemy unit that is visible to the bearer. Until the start of your next command phase, each time the bearer makes a melee attack, you can re again, each time you make a melee attack against that model, reroll to wound. Oh, that's not... It's, it's fine, but you have to... In my command phase, I have to be able to see that character. Yeah. And then me, the bearer of the relic, gets re-rolls to wound. Ooh. Uh, pass. I, I just the burning plate feels a really easy... Yeah. Anyway. And you could use it on the generic Chaos Lord as well? Yep. On Juggernaut. Because there is no generic Chaos Lord on foot. No. But or Terminator Lord. Despite the Master fact Master of Executions. That's another Could game. take it. But they just made a Chaos Lord in Terminator Armor model for World Eaters. Yeah. Azrax the Annihilator. Admittedly, it's hidden behind a um, Warhammer Plus. If they put that in the codex, they might have got more subscriptions. Um, demonic Infusions. So like I said, this is instead of Warlord Traits. Yep. Pick one. There's no way of getting more. You just get one of the following. Drawn to Power. Each model in this unit counts as two models when determining control of an objective. It's actually pretty solid. If you've got a unit of 5-8 bound, making them count as 10 models, it's and their good. obsec is pretty good. Like, as, as a default take, that's actually quite a solid choice. Brazen Skin. Each time a model in this unit would lose a wound as a result of mortal wound, on a 4+, plus you don't lose that. So it's 4+, plus feel no pain versus mortal wounds. Eh. Pass. Because it's written on... You don't get to pick it. It's written on your army list. If you go into a tournament, you're stuck with that. It's yeah, not no. worth doing. The next one is my favorite one. It's called Mutable Form. Each time a model with this ability makes a melee attack, an unmodified wound roll of six inflicts one mortal wound on the target in addition to normal damage to a maximum of six. To the maximum of... Oof. The max is the, the killer, but, ten, but five eight bound, not exalted, just the standard eight bound, 
The eight bound have seven attacks each. Base. At strength seven, neg three, flat two. There's five of them. That's 35 attacks. Yeah, it would be. Sixes to wound, giving one mortal wound in addition That's to the... That's not bad. No, that it's actually... <laughs> like, you're going to get four but to six mortal wounds. one unit. Yeah, it is. But so is drawn to power. It only affects one, affects one unit. True. But you know what? Mutable form. Having those five... Three, having those five reach you is going to leave a mess. Like, you're going to get four to six mortal wounds almost every time. Yeah. Not terrible. Um, even on a, a squad of three exalted eight bound, because they are capped at units of three. For some which, reason. Which, I don't know. Um, give the the squad leader a chain glaive so that they get 14 attacks. You're going to fish some sixes out of that. Anyway. Eight stratagems. They don't get a deny stratagem. Which makes more sense in the demon's army. <laughs> yeah, there's some really weird choices. Unless you have a demon's patrol, which you need to do to get access to the corn demon stratagems as well. Yeah. But you wouldn't get warp storm at that point. No. Because that's an army-wide thing. Yeah. Um, gratuitous bloodletting, one CP. Lovely. Fight phase, world eaters unit, select one enemy unit with an engagement range. It has to be below half strength. Oh, and then you get plus one to wound. There are going to be times when you're fighting custodies, terminators, and you kill one and brick brick units that you can tip over below half strength, and they're just going and go cool plus one to wound. Now I'm going to murder all of you. Mm. Uh, one CP blood scent. Use a stratagem in your opponent's movement phase when an enemy unit within engagement range of an eight bound unit falls back. After that unit has finished its move, select one eight bound unit from your <laughs> army that was in engagement range of that enemy unit, and consolidate up to six inches. You don't get to fall back. Yeah, come back here, buddy. Uh, one CP Furious Surge. Use this stratagem in your opponent's shooting phase after an enemy unit has finished making its attack. Select one eight-bound unit that lost one or more models from those attacks. Make a free normal move as if it was your movement phase. I thought for a second so that you good. would say bring one back, and I'm like, mm, what? <laughs> one CP free move in their shooting phase. That's still good. Really good. Like, you'll use that every turn. Because the ability to move freely nine inches closer, potentially into cover or out of line of sight, is fantastic. Yeah. Um, diabolic machines. This is this is the weird one in this group where you go. Huh? Oh, you've got cool stuff that affects the eight bound, and then select one world eaters machine spirit or demon engine. Fight as if it's full machine wounds. Machine spirit. Land raider. Oh. Land raider has the machine spirit keyword. I thought that was something new, and I'm like, oh. No. No. And then it goes on to say, if this says Titanic, it costs two, otherwise it costs one, because it also affects the Lord of Skulls, who is a corn And the Kaitan, and which the you Kitan. can take in... Which you can't take in World Eaters, but, but you can, can take, take in Disciples. disciples. <laughs> well, there we go, I'm running Disciples only, so I can take the stupid corn robot. Apoplectic Frenzy, one CP. Apoplectic Frenzy. Use a stratagem in your movement phase when you advance. Advance oh, six. It. it used to be pre-game move. No, it's just... Yeah. And it's only for the disciples. Um, violent dismemberment, one CP. <laughs> Gotta love these wholesome, family-friendly names on the using using the fight phase when you destroy an enemy unit until the end of the turn. Gain the following ability: violent dismemberment aura. While an enemy unit is within six inches of this unit, subtract two from the leadership and one from their combat attrition tests. Oof. It's kind of kind of fun. Terrifying Assault 1CP. Use a stratagem in your charge phase when you select any enemy units as the target of a charge from a World Leaders unit. 
The enemy unit cannot fire Overwatch or set to defend and subtract one from their attack rolls when attacking you. Now, a lot of people forget that setting to defend... You do. You, I, ta I taught you the hard way. <laughs> but... Um, it's actually a really valuable rule. Firing Overwatch as well. Like, if you're charging a sort of Warp Flame Rubricai or Flame as a... Yeah. Oh, flame one flame CP go away. Yeah, no Overwatch for you. Sod off. And the last one's called Th Bloodthirsty Determination. One CP. Use this stratagem in your charge phase when you select a world agent to charge. Until the end of the phase, ignore any and all modifiers to charge. Really good when you're facing Death Guard or um, with like the, Custodies who have the like the grenades and stuff. They can modify the tangle you. Tangle for grenade or like the deadly pathogens. Yep. And craters, anything like that's going to affect. Ooh, craters. Yep. Anything that's going to affect your charge range. One CP, no, go away. Definitely a good stratagem. From there, that's literally all the relics and stratagems. I don't think we've ever covered a codex this, with all of that yeah. before we get to the data sheets in such a short amount of time. So we're going to move on to the data sheets now. So in terms of data sheets, like I said, we're going to start with the big boy himself, Angron. We've already seen a lot of this previewed on the Warhammer community page already. Um, the the cliff notes, the important parts, he's moved 16. That is more than the other Primarchs, so only moved 12 and 14, I believe. So 16, 12, 8 as he degrades. And it's important to note when he comes back at 8 wounds, he starts on his middle bracket. Which is still... 12. Like Mortarian's peak bracket in terms of movement. His weapon skill and ballistic skill don't change, neither do his strength and toughness. So it's 2 plus 2 plus strength 9 and T7. Wounds is 18, and then they degrade at 9, and then again at 5. 12 attacks, then down to 10, then down to 8. Leadership 10, 2 plus save. He has two weapons, which I'm not even going to pronounce the first one. It's the Sam Samniarius... And spine grinder. You confidently pronounce spine grinder, I, because that one's obvious as opposed to the weird. Look, it's not, it's not as bad as the Zench Greater Lord of Change from Forge World, which is just a series of letters that they've. <laughs> they just like punched the keyboard a couple of no, times. No, someone spilled a drink on it and it's just spat out. Half ran. of them don't work, so they just like yeah. ran their hand across it. Obviously, you can include one Angron model. Oh, that's a shame. The weapon profile, again, we've already seen previewed. It's strength plus five, neg four, d3 plus three. Or strength user, neg three, one damage, but you get three attacks for each. The net result is that on the charge, Angron at full profile is either strength 15, neg four, d3 plus three with 13 attacks. Or he is strength 10, neg three, one damage with 39 attacks. No, that's not a miscalculation or anything. That's the genuine number. Um, it sure. is possible with things like Scarbrand's aura to push him for another attack. Um, because if you bring Angron, you're obviously going to bring Scarbrand also. Uh, at this point, why not? Um, mathematically speaking, an extra point of strength would be really good for him to push him to strength 16. Because then he wounds everything on twos. Um, or plus one to wound. Some way of giving him plus one to wound mm. is great. Um, because it means that he hits on twos, wounds on twos with everything. Uh, and generally speaking, unless you've got a wound cap, you just die. Yikes. But pretty much. Imagine not having a wound cap. Um, he, even, I think maths, when I worked it out with some, because he's obviously got built-in auras as well. Um uh, the rule's called Lord of the Arena. In your command phase, select one friendly world leader's core or character unit within six of this model. So you can obviously pick yourself. 
until the start of your next command phase, re-roll the hit rolls. So <laughs> it basically means that whatever his attack number is, he just gets that many hits. And then yeah. if you get the exploding attacks, blood tithe or any of the... So he's scary just any way you decide yeah. to come on. Um, he kills on average about five four-plus invulnerable Terminators a turn. Uh, on av- on like any of the profile, it doesn't really matter. Um, and yeah, he, he will kill on average dice. I think I worked it out that it'll be a Knight Questorus with an Invul save in combat. I mean, it's what I'd expect from him. Yeah. It, it, look, if you if he's a little bit lucky, he'll do it with a Castellan, like a Dominus class. Mm-hmm. And he has the potential to do it to a Warhound. He will certainly do it to a yeah. something like a Revenant. Um, but the Warhound isn't actually unachievable to one-shot. Scarily. That's like... I mean, if he manages to kill a Warhound, that's like a 2,000-point trade for 390 360. points. 360. points, even. So he does have Blood Tithe. The Lord of the Arena, like I said, is the rerolls to hit, and you can pick that onto a core or character within six. Uh, and he has a four-up invulnerable save, so it's two-up, four-up, T7, 18 wounds. He has a rule called Wrathful Presence. So in the command phase, you select one of the following abilities, and you have it until the start of your next command phase. Uh, infectious Rage, which is an, a six-inch aura that adds one to the attack characteristic of friendly core units within six, which is reasonably terrifying because something like an eight-bound unit that starts Ooh, with yeah, four and, then, it multiplies with their and then you get plus one for each of their weapons makes it six, plus one for the Legion trait makes it seven, Angron makes it eight. Mm. Of course, it goes up to eight in the and, prime scenario. And then, if you really want to be dopey, you can go five attacks with the champion, plus one for Angron is six, plus one for the Legion trait is seven, double it to 14. Huh. So, yeah, kind of kind of crazy when you start talking about that. Uh, the second option is another aura. It's called Glorious Bloodletting. Uh, it's any friendly world leader within six. Reroll hit rolls of one, which is, which is super solid. And the third one is another aura called Righteous Slaughter. Uh, while any unit is within six of this model, it cannot fall back. Which is hilarious. That, it makes sense. It's one of those weird ones though, because I feel like if you're using that, you go, oh, there's a unit of 20 gaunts over there. I don't want them to fall back so I can get shot. The problem is he kills them all. You'd actually have to be going for the skull-taking smash attack. So you're capping yourself at like 13 or 14 attacks mm. and then hoping their combat attrition doesn't see them all die because he's just going to obliterate whatever he's fighting. But also, even in that case... And the I... things that he doesn't obliterate actually threaten him in return. Like if you charge 10 like Custodes Wardens or Thunderhammer Stormshield Terminators, he'll kill half of them, but they legitimately have a shot at either seriously wounding or killing him in return. And he doesn't regenerate wounds. He can only regenerate with the blood type. Yeah. So as soon as he's down from his max bracket, he's not on it again. No, exactly. Um, so it's an interesting one. I do feel like standing in the middle of an army that is in combat with all of your world eaters and then going, no one's running away, has value. Mm. But I don't. Th- I think you'll probably end up using the reroll ones 
a lot and then the other or two situationally. Uh, Warlord trait. If this army is battle-forged, this model must be your Warlord. Full stop. If more than one model in your army has this rule, then choose one of those to be your Warlord. If it is your Warlord, it has the following trait. The Red Angel. Aura. While an enemy unit with the objective secured ability is within six inches of this Warlord, it loses that ability. So just stand him on the middle objective and you own it now. Well, you obviously need something else there with you, which yeah, has obsec. Like but um, that'll be clutch late game where he deep strikes in, charges something, and removes obsec at a key moment. Mm. Um, I don't think it's awesome, but I think it's it's not a terrible wall or trait. Honestly, I was expecting it to be all friendly world eaters with an X gain Y, but they've gone a completely different way. Which is nice. Well, I struggle with it because it's the whole gladiator thing doesn't make a lot of sense to talk about suddenly removing objective abilities. But well, because gladiators don't fight for land, they fight for glory. Well, you can't fight fight for glory if you're all dead. Hmm. Keyword wise, chaos corn, heretic Astartes, butcher Astartes, world eaters, monster character, fly, supreme commander, demon, primarch, warp locus, angron. So, Supreme Commander, so you can't include Bellacor and Disciples of the Red Angel. No. Anywhere you put him, you can't include Bellacor. So, the... Uh, that's only an Arcs of Omen. You've got to be really careful. Arcs of Omen has that limit, but Nephilim didn't, Nachman didn't. Ah. Standard core, like, most of the core rules don't have it. It's just for the GT pack, so it's right. very careful. You've got to be very careful with what we're referencing. Because I was thinking of the stratagem from earlier where it's like, you get a chance to deny after a deny has already failed, and you wouldn't have denies if you were... If you have Angron and... Yeah. yeah. Um, so he isn't a demon prince. He's a demon primarch, so that's good. You can include a demon prince with him. The most important keyword there, in my opinion, other than fly, because that is an important one... It is. Uh, ...is warp locus. Which yep. means that you can dump demons in using the warp locus rules from Six the demon codex. From... Yeah, in the midboard. Which means backing him up with blood letters, flesh hounds, or scarbrand. Um, that last one. No. Yeah. <laughs> Scarbrand's biggest issue is he's too slow. How fast is he? He's like, like eight, I think he oh, is. Yeah, he doesn't have wings. So let's have Angron act like a Harrier jump jet and bounce across the board between buildings and then all of a sudden dump the Abrams battle tank on your doorstep rather than having it drive through the open. And of course, their auras will impact each other. So Angron's got enough keywords that Scarbrand's auras affect Angron because it, refer it references core de uh, corn demons, not world eaters. Because you can put Scarbrand in a patrol. Yep, as the it. HQ. <laughs> And then, like, a unit or two of, like, blood you letters. You need one unit of blood letters and Scarbrand, and then it's legal. <laughs> what do you think I've been trying to get Scarbrand for the last month? <laughs> we'll see if you can get two. Yeah. <laughs> 360 points and the ability to regenerate. I actually think he's going to end up like a lot of the other Primarchs. He'll be fun to play with, but I actually don't think the army works best with him because he's just... He's an all-or-nothing piece. He's even worse than Magnus or Mortarion in that capacity one note he does one thing which is hit things really really well the other two have deny auras and psychic powers and mortal wounds and ranged attacks and other things like magnus has a magic eye from memory well he has multiple castings he yeah. has his own auras and buff effects he has his denies and all the rest of it 
Mortarian has the lantern. He has... The Phosphex grenades, which are just better than so the lantern most of the time. My point is, though, that both of them are multidimensional. They yeah. do different things. Angron's very one note. Angron just punches things really, really well. But the thing People with- saying he needs to... Why doesn't he ignore invulnerable saves? He doesn't need to ignore invulnerable saves. They die anyway. He just has so many attacks, it doesn't. it's not even relevant most of the time. Um, but it's 360 points that for every turn he isn't in combat... You're losing out. He's a waste of time. Because his auras are okay, but they're nothing like Gilliman's or some of the other characters who have multiple auras that Abaddon's stack. Auras yeah, exactly. Great example. Abaddon's ten points cheaper. Now, oh the, my god, he is. Yeah. Now the output one for one, on average dice, I think Angron kills horror, uh, kills Abaddon before Abaddon kills Angron, even with the wound cap. With. The mortal wounds coming from Abaddon in it, it is a bit variable because of the mortal wounds. There's a and it depends on whether you're getting exploding sixes yeah. and there's a few variables. But stock without any of the extraneous because blood tithe is another thing. Yeah. Um. Ignoring that, they're actually pretty even. Either Angron murders um, Abaddon and is left on a handful of wounds, or the opposite. Or the opposite happens. Um. But Abaddon has auras and other things that happen, whereas Angron doesn't really have that going on for him. He does one thing. I so Abaddon's probably a better comparison than the other two Primarchs because while he does have a shooting attack, it's not necessarily as flexible as the other Primarchs. If, but again, even though Angron has twice as many wounds and a higher toughness and the same save, and ignoring the wound cap, you can hide Abaddon. Because he is in... And he can also walk through walls. I guess about... No, I guess... Oh God, Angron, Angron has, has fly, so it doesn't really matter. No, the biggest issue is that Angron doesn't get obscuring. Yeah. So you either have to hide him, or he's a target. Which means that you have to treat him um, like a Japanese Zero rather than a Harrier Jump Jet. I don't the, know anything about planes. The Zeros in World War Two were the ones that kamikazied at the, like, ah. at the American fleet at the in the Pacific. Because that's what he is. You have to throw him at the enemy, minimize the fire that comes in by all means, but you have to use him to put so much pressure on one point of the table that the opponent has to divert resources. Because if he catches something, it dies. And if he catches something important, it dies. It's really bad. Like uh, someone was saying to me, oh, you know, yeah, he can one shot a Bane Blade, but I'll just ha- I'll feed him 10 guardsmen. And that's they'll all die. They they will all die, and that's fine. If you can somehow make sure that a a model that moves sixteen inches with fly, the only opportunity he has is to charge a guardsman unit. That means you've castled up really heavily to make sure that there's nowhere to land his base. That means the world leaders win anyway, because they'll they're scoring they're scoring points and and holding objectives. That's actually okay for the world leader player as long as you're putting pressure on the rest of the table. So. I think, yes, feeding Angron a unit is okay. But you're actually better off trying to get him out of position. Like, if he's in the mid-board, it's it's like he's the first in line at the buffet and he gets his choice of what he gets to chew on. Whereas if you deploy him badly and he's off to one side, then, you know, he might be fourth or fifth to the table and all, and all the chocolates and sweets are gone and you're left eating asparagus and broccoli. So... You can kind of, you have to make sure when you use him, use him with purpose. Don't throw him in the, li- like you can put him in because he's cool. I totally get that. That's my plan. But I actually think the way that you're going to make him work, sadly, is going to be on the shelf in competitive sense. But <laughs> you're going to have to use him 
aggressively, but you can't just throw him off to one edge and hope to push them the other direction because they'll just run away from him. And you can't afford that. He needs to be in combat turn two. At the worst, he needs to be in combat turn two. I think that there are combos that could work with him. Absolutely. But, realistically, he has four charges in him. Unless they come to you turn one, of course, that's what you do with a World Eaters army. You walk towards them. (laughs) Um, I don't think that is. And uh, unless that happens, you have four charges because you're not getting anything turn one. That's not true. With a move of 16, it is entirely possible for him to charge mm. turn one if you're dumb enough to deploy something that With is... that close. Yeah. And that gets him to the backfield where he just kills, maims, and burns. Like, mm. I, I do think he's a bit uni, like he's unidirectional, but he's an interesting piece. Khan. Khan. Basically the same thing, but smaller. <sighs> Yeah, move of six, two plus two plus, strength six, T4, six wounds, nine attacks. Uh, Leadership nine, two up save. So he's a two up save now. Which is... He He used to be three. Yeah, he did. So he's now got proper armor again, which is nice. Um, It also means that when he charges you, he's strength seven and ten attacks. He could have definitely used extra movement. Movement six is sad. Um, Gorechild is in his hands, strength seven, neg four, flat three, with ten attacks hitting on twos. That's entirely fine. For the price he is, I think he's in like 140 points. Mm. He's a little, mun- like, he munches things. He's better than Lucius the Eternal, who's 120. His plasma pistol doesn't overheat, but has the overheat profile built in. Yep. So it's strength eight, neg three, flat two. But if you roll a one, you take a mortal wound? Nope. Really? Khan's does not overheat. So you can, but it has an overcharge profile. It just is always overcharged and can't hurt him, which is great. Because it used to like do mortal wounds to him because it was always overcharged. Yep. His sigil of corruption is no longer a five up save. It's a four up save. So he's two up, four up now. I believe it was a four up save, I think. Uh, so when I, when I used him back in third, or he was three up, five uh, up for a long time. I think he was, he in the old Chaos Codex, he was three up, f- four up. And then in the White Dwarf, I think he went to two up, four up. Oh, he's two up, four up now. Uh, his aura, legendary killer. While a friendly world leader's core unit is within six, each time a model in that unit makes an attack, reroll wounds of one. So he's basically got a lieutenant rule. Which is weird, because he's a captain. He would make more. Angron gives rerolls to hit. Yeah. Um, the betrayer. At the end of the fight phase, if there are any friendly units within three, roll 1d6. On a one, select one of those units. That unit suffers two mortal wounds. Friendly units within three. Yep. And if the only friendly unit is Angron... Well, if the only friendly unit is himself... Oh, no, it says any other friendly units within three, so it can't be himself. Uh, And he has a built-in warlord trait called Arch Slaughterer. Each time this warlord is selected to fight, if there are six or more enemy models within three of this warlord, until those attacks have been resolved, add D3 to uh, to the attack characteristic. So he can get 13 attacks... He is Angron, but smaller. Look, he's he's an interesting... The, the six-inch move really hurts him. Yeah. Um, in terms of, like, he's infantry character, corn, chaos, heretic, butcher, world eaters, like his usual keywords. The only thing he's missing is movement. Or I... give him the berserker rule, which we'll talk about a bit later on. The blood surge. Yeah. I really like Khan the Betrayer. I The book... The book betrayer, the 
follows Khan through the fall. With Argyll Tal, yeah. With Ar- that is one of my favourite books. From uh, Admittedly, I haven't read many of the heresy books. No, the, I, look, the ones I've, I've subjected you to of uh, audiobook are the, my favourites. No No Fear um, and Betrayer being probably my two favourite books in the series. They're really good. Yeah. Um, but look, I don't think you'll see too much Khan, sadly, just because of the mo- movement more than anything else. I'll I'll probably take him once or twice, but he doesn't. Look he like he needs a transport. Yeah, Lord Invocatus. Uh, move twelve, two plus two plus strength and toughness six, eight wounds, seven attacks, nine leadership, two plus save. I think the real value from this guy is going to come from his, his rules. Warlord trait and rules. Uh, yeah. In the stories, they give him two weapons: the bolt pistol and the axe. The axe is called Coward's Bane, which he has. The bolt pistol has a name. They don't give it to it. It's just a bolt pistol. I don't know why they mention it in the stories and then don't give it to him in the rules. Like, even if it just has a normal it's, bolt pistol It is profile. just a bolt pistol profile, but they don't even call it anything. It's just a bolt pistol. Surely just give it the name. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Um, so he has a bolt pistol. Woohoo. Uh, Coward's Bane is a strength user neg 3 flat 2 damage, but no involves. So he's... But you still get wound caps. Yes. So on the charge, he's eight attacks at strength seven, neg three, flat two, no involves, hitting on twos. And then the Juggernaut also gets three attacks at strength six, neg two, one damage. Pretty decent. He has Blood Tithe and Warp Strike and a Sigil of Corruption, so he's two up, four up. His main aura that he always gets is called Leading the Charge, while a friendly Warlord World Eater's core unit within six... Each time that unit is selected to make a normal move or advance, add two to the move characteristic of models in that unit. Which which could be helpful for stuff like Khan, but I think it's more helpful for Well, more. it's core. He's not core. Oh, right, so it doesn't yeah. work on him. No, where this gets most of its value... Eight-bound berserkers. ...is eight-bound, because they move nine base. Yeah, so so this moves 11. Which gets you uh, turn two charges if y- you didn't get them already. Every time, yep. If he's your warlord, it gets a bit better, though. Because his warlord trait. Road of Eight Bloody Steps is the title of it. At the start of the first battle round, before the first battle turn begins, you can select up to two friendly world eaters' core units within nine of this warlord. This unit and the selected units each make a normal move. And you'll not... Because it happens before the first turn, it means you know who's going first. Which means that you can put him and two units of eight bound on your deployment zone, move the eight bound 11 inches and move him uh, 12, then go first, move them another 11 inches and move him another 12 inches and be stood on your opponent's deployment zone edge and then charge. And obviously don't do that if you go second because those things will get shot and killed. Yep. Um, That is terrifying. Seems it, yeah. That is absolutely apocalyptically bad for any gun line. Needs to be terrified of that coming at them. Did you say that it was core? Yes. Oh, okay. So I can't, <laughs> can't put it on Angron. No. If unfortunately the warlord trait means that it couldn't be Angron anyway. Yeah. But the plus two movement would be great because that'd make him move eighteen inches for turn one, <laughs> which would be hilarious. But no, it's very specifically core. I think the Lord Invocatus will be in every World Eater's army all the time. There's no reason not to. He's got a great combat profile. The buff, the two-inch movement, 
to friendly core units within six is amazing. I and, agree. And I think that you'll see him a lot. A lot, a lot. If he, if he won't get rules changes, he'll just get points kicks. Like, I think he's about a 160 or 170. We'll check at the very end. Um, I he, I can easily see him ending up around 200. Which? Demon Prince. We got the new Demon Prince. It's basically the same as the Chaos Book with some well, key differences. I was going to say, there's some, some little tweaks. So, move 8, 2 plus 2 plus, strength 8, base. Because he's corn. Yeah, but he also still gets the world of his legion trait. Um, sure, okay. He's T6, 8 wounds, 7 attacks, leadership 10, 3 up save. Which is why I was saying earlier the burning plate makes him 9 wounds and a 2 plus save. Oh, that could be scary. Yeah. Having him run at you. Uh, he comes with an infernal cannon. Which as, is the gun. Which, as well as are. as well as a malefic sword and malefic talons. The Infernal Cannon is a 24-inch heavy 3, strength 5, neg 2, flat 2. I suspect we'll see something like that come... It'll be the, the same gun. It'll just be added to the Chaos Demons and the Chaos Space Marine book. I doubt demons will get it. They have to. The kit comes with it. Fair enough. I, I, I think there's even rules for it for Slaves to Darkness for Age of Sigma. That's interesting that there's rules for it for Age of there's Sigma. A, yeah, but the Soul Grinder exists in Age of Sigma. Oh yeah, that's weird to me. Yeah, I know. I suspect the Infernal Cannon will get... Even if it's called something else, it'll be it'll get rules. Um, You're not buying him for the cannon though, you're buying him for combat. Because uh, again, this monster with a sword, which is his stock weapon, uh, on the charge he has strength 10, neg 3, flat 3 with 8 attacks. Yeah, so he just goes in and kills things. And then gets an extra attack with a strength 9, neg 1, 2 damage talon on top of it. Which I never forget, by the way. I always, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's a life on one wound. I've I, got my talon. I actually think because of his profile, you take the sword over the axe. Because the axe gives you an extra point of strength, but it drops in a point of AP. But and they're both three damage. So. They're both three damage. But he's strength 8, plus 1 for the sword, plus 1 for charge so it only matters it makes him strength 10 on the charge and strength 9 after the charge how many things that he is charging or that charge him either won't kill him or he doesn't kill because with 8 attacks at strength 10 neg 3 flat 3 he kills a lot most like things. a lot a lot um, so I feel like going the axe to push him to stock strength 10 at the expense of AP like he's unless you're T five, he's wounding you on twos on the charge and then threes every other time. I don't know that the I'm thinking about things like Gravis. Yeah. So neg two against Gravis means they're saving on fives, neg three means they're saving on sixes, but I'm only wounding you on threes. And you kind of end up in this weird situation going, are they essentially the same? So he's hitting on twos. So he's averaging out at over six and a half hits which means um, he'll basically do three unsaved wounds to Gravis with the sword after the charge which means he kills three Gravis Marines which doesn't sound like much well he kills it means he kills a squad of aggressors aggressors or eliminators any 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 of the Gravis he kills three three of those models eradicators not eliminators the, you know the ones I'm talking the melting yeah Whereas if he's got the axe, he gets five and a half wounds, so he wounds more, 
Um, I think I've actually calculated that wrong. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. No, I have. I did the save wrong. So he, he basically kills three and a half with the axe. But um, he... Uh, divided by six. The number is exactly the same. Ah. Literally 3.7 either way. So against the Gravis character, it doesn't matter. Against the Gravis unit, it doesn't matter. Because T5, three up save. And that kills the character as well. Yeah. Um, whereas I think as you move down in toughness, the sword just gets better because it's wounds on twos as well, but the AP's there. Mm. And as the toughness goes up, it has to hit T9 before the axe is better, which is land raider territory. I'd still probably take the axe because uh, it's world eaters and they have axes. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think oh, I'm sticking with the sword. Yeah, um, <laughs> he can have wings, which makes him a move of 12 instead of 8 and gives him the fly keyword. I'd probably take that. It doesn't matter what options you pick, only the wings cost you points. Yeah. Uh, he does have blood tithe. He has an aura, which is 6-inch core units, rear all ones to hit. So captain aura. He has a 4-up in vulnerable save against range and a 5-up in combat. So he's 2-up, 4-up at range, 2-up, 5-up in combat. And while enemy units are within 6, they subtract 1 from the leadership as well. He's a little pocket rocket for 165 points. How fast can he kill Gilliman? Current Gilliman. Uh, pretty quickly, because Gilliman has no wound cap. Yeah. and Gilliman's not going to have a good time. Neither of them, they both... Gilliman's is... Have they said anything about Gilliman yet? Not yet. He needs okay. a massive overhaul. Yeah. Um, moving on to the World Eaters Lord on Juggernaut. You get a very similar profile to the Lord Invocatus. Lord Invocatus moves 12, whereas this guy only moves 10. 2 plus 2 plus 6, 6, 8 wounds, 7 attacks, leadership 9, 3 up save, not 2. Um, he comes with a plasma pistol on an exalted chain blade. The Juggernaut's horn fights exactly the same way. The plasma pistol can inflict a mortal wound on you. Um, no, it's not a mortal wound. Oh my god, you are never. Death? Yep, you are never shooting this gun. Um, what is it? Auto overcharge? No, okay. you, you shoot this. So the supercharged version of the plasma pistol. If any unmodified hit rolls of one are made for attacking with a weapon with this profile, the bearer is destroyed after shooting this weapon. You are never supercharging You're never doing it. because you cannot risk a one killing your hundred plus point character that's ridiculous i will do it once the first time i use him <laughs> so mark bad my words i'll fire the plasma pistol oh that's and so immediately bad be removed and i'll never fire it again that is the dumbest thing mark my words uh his exalted chain blade is a strength user neg two flat two it's pretty standard yeah. um he has a four up and vulnerable save he has the same aura the lord invocatus has which is the plus two movement that, called leading the charge the warlord track no so if, for example, you can't get a Lord Invictus, Invocatus into the list for whatever reason and you want that movement buff, you can just use a, a Corn Juggernaut Lord. Which is pretty good. Um, more importantly, it means you could have both and spread the aura. Oh, that is good. So that's kind of nice. Um, I'll very quickly mention the Master of Executions only because he is a HQ now. Other than that, he, as far as I can tell, he's exactly the same. I had a look. I think he is exactly the same. Acts yeah. of Dismemberment, Warp-Sided Butcher, yep. um, and gets Mortal Wounds, usual stuff. He's got like Headhunter or something like that. It's Headtaker. Uh, trophy Taker. That's it. Yeah. Corn Berserkers. Troop choice number one. The profile feels very familiar. 
Move six, three, three, strength five, T four, two wounds, four attack space. So leadership improved since White Dwarf. Leadership eight and three plus save. The champion gets an extra attack for five base. Does the champion get leadership nine? And leadership nine. Okay, cool. So it's in line with the Chaos Marines. Yep. They all get bolt pistols, berserker chain blades, frag and crack. Berserker chain blades is a strength user, neg two, one damage weapon. Um and you can obviously give them an icon. Um there's also an interesting rule about the icon. I don't know if you noticed. I probably didn't. Okay. Rather um, unobservant. I'll get to the icon in a second. Uh, the champion can have a plasma pistol instead of a bolt pistol. Yeah, and I believe you can take extras in the squad. Every five in the unit, you can swap another plasma pistol for a bolt pistol. And every five in the unit, you can swap a chain blade for a cornate eviscerator. Which I like. And every model, uh, every unit can have a berserker icon. The Eviscerator is a plus three strength, neg four, flat two damage weapon. Mm. Which is... Um, it should be pointed out, you can't put it on the champion. I know. Because it does say Corn Berserker rather than Corn Berserker Champion, which is a separate thing. On the charge, these little guys are five attacks at strength six, neg two, one damage. The Eviscerators are five attacks at strength nine, Neg four two damage. Yeah, they're pretty. pretty and the champion will be six attacks at strength six. Neg two one damage. There's a lot of dice. I think it might be worth taking the eviscerators. Yeah, yeah. You will you will put eviscerators in this unit every time. The the extra two damage attacks are huge. Mm. Um, you'll also roll them first most yes, of the time because that way you that way you take your whole models. Yeah. The icon is where it gets interesting because it combines. There's actually obviously we've already talked about the icon of wrath stratagem from the world. It is legion. Mm. Which is... I didn't realise this until I noticed it a few days ago. So the, the unit has two rules. Blood Tithe, which is fine. Yep. And Blood Surge. <laughs> now, Blood Surge is every time an enemy unit is selected to shoot, if any of those attacks target a, a Corn Berserker unit, after that you. unit's attacks have been resolved, if any models were destroyed, you make a Blood Surge move. If you do so, any actions fail, and then roll one dice. And each model in the unit can be moved up to that many inches, but must finish as close as possible to the closest enemy unit. This unit cannot end this move within engagement range other than the closest enemy unit. A unit cannot make a blood surge move in the same turn it disembarked from a destroyed transport or if it is already within engagement range. Now, there's a few things going on here. Um, can means that it's an option. Not you don't have You to. don't have to do it because it can lead you to being fuck, like wandered off if there's something closer. So it can drag you around a bit. So it'll be optional whether you use it. Um... It is only D6 inches, but it is it will let you get within engagement range, which is really important. All of that's really good. It helps move them across the table. If they're taking you you'll find players reluctant to shoot small arms at them. In case one In case they kill they one closer. and then all of a sudden they're closer. Berserk icon. The bearer gains the icon keyword. The bearer's unit gains the icon keyword. Each time this unit makes a blood surge move. Before making that move, if this unit is performing an action, the action completes. Oh, that's Instead really of failing, good. that is amazingly good because the amount of times that you'll have an action happening that has to wait until your next turn... And you get into killing. The best, well, the best thing about it is, is normally you have to kill the unit to stop them mm. from completing it. You actually want them to kill one model. Because that way it completes. It Yeah, it completes early, which is amazing. <laughs> which frees 
at that point, they actually are helping you because they're in a rock and a hard place. If they don't shoot you, you complete the action. And if they, if they do, and they kill something, as long as one model lives to blood surge, you complete the action. <laughs> so it, it's it's a really interesting mechanic. And you blood surge after the first one dies. and You blood whole... surge every time you get shot at, as long as you lose one model or more. But the icon action completes the first time, right? Yes. So if like one thing, like one unit shoots at you, one guy dies, the action's completed, then everyone else that shoots at you can't interfere with the action. Yeah. That's really it's, good. Yeah, you're taking an icon every time in this unit. It's amazingly good. I wish I hadn't made my icon so obnoxious on the old berserkers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it means doing things like um, Nackman data and like you don't feel bad about doing them with this unit. But, I mean, Nackman's not a good example. Um, retrieve data, sorry. Because a lot of those complete in the same turn. But it's the ones that carry over and they're not completed until your next command phase. They're the ones that this icon is amazing for. Um, it also bizarrely means Overwatch is a bad thing. How so? So, if you are charging someone mm -hmm. and they Overwatch you and they kill a model, you Blood Search. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, <laughs> you end up in, in this weird situation going, I want one to die because it gets me an extra D6 inches closer to you because it says each time an enemy unit is selected to shoot. And you roll for the charge after Overwatch. Yep. That's Blood's, really good. Yeah, it's, it's, the, the problem is, I mean, a lot of the time you're not firing Overwatch unless you know you can kill things. Yeah. But and this if is, that happens, you just don't But this know is going to be one of those times where, you know... Like charging five flamers of Zench that auto hit, yeah, you're playing the no Overwatch card go away. They don't auto hit anymore. N well, not with the balanced data sheet in place. But there were units back, like with volume, like a, I'm thinking about things that have like a million different weapons. A lot of the, um, like a Redemptor Dreadnought has a yeah. whole bunch of different guns and stuff that they, when firing on Overwatch, is really efficient. Now, as a Space Marine player, you're going, it's an 11 inch or it's a 10 inch charge. Do I fire Overwatch? <laughs> Because if I kill one of the little buggers, it becomes like it a becomes a six-inch charge, and now I have problems. <laughs> so blood surge, I think, is a really good rule. It's a really fluffy rule. The only downside is the squad size caps at ten, and there's a very good uh, reason for that. Because twenty would because be twenty would be broken. <laughs> oh, five died. I'm at your doorstep. Exactly. <laughs> um, squad size is five to ten. So Fair. obviously, blood surge gets more most value out of ten big big squads. But I think there is value in taking them in Squad Defense. I, I definitely really like them. I also think you'll see, because you can take them in standard Chaos Marine armies as an elite choice. Oh, they would still get it because of the data sheet. Yeah, it's the data sheet rule. This They're not going to get the plus one strength and attack from the Legion trait, but they are going to get Blood Surge. And... And the Blood Surge icon rule. And stratagems and stuff that affect specifically the Legion. So if you put them into, like, Creations of Bile, you can use 1CP for advance and charge on them. Yeah. That changes the way that Chaos Space Marines play. Yeah, it's a really interesting unit. It's an interesting dynamic. So, see, I may not know Chaos, but little combos like this are popping yeah. out at me as I'm reading through because I've had to learn a lot because of you. Uh, Jackals are the next unit. I, as much as I hate building... <laughs> hated These building are a really them. weird unit. So you've got a cultist profile. So move 6, 4+, plus, 4+, plus, strength and toughness 3, 1 more in 3 attacks built in. Leadership 6, 6 plus save. The champion gets an extra attack and leadership for leadership 7 and 4 attacks. So you have one pack leader. Then you have 8 to 17 jackals. 
and then you have one to two Dishonored, Good which is why yeah. the box comes with the way it does. And I'm assuming the Jackal Pack Leader model can be built as a standard Jackal. Yeah. The Dishonored are still move six, four plus four plus, but they're strength four. And they're still only three attacks with leadership six, but otherwise they're the same. They all come with auto pistols and chain blades, um, except the Dishonored doesn't get the pistol. Because he's got two big combat weapons. All he's just equipped with jackal chain blades because that's the most important part. Jackal chain blades um, are just, like, it doesn't matter how they're modeled, you've just got yeah. chain blades. Um, like the Berserkers. Which are just strength user, minus one AP, one damage. That was my least favorite part about using corn berserkers before the white. Trying to figure out to f- oh, who had axes like and who had swords. Four and, with axes and, and like one with, sword. with swords. Yeah. Now, where it does get interesting is that you can, for every 10 models, one jackal can have a mauler chain blade, which is the baby eviscerator, the two handed one. So that's uh, strength plus two, making him strength five, neg two, flat two. But they're minus one to hit, so you're hitting on fives, which is not great. Uh, and um, any number of the Dishonored can be equipped with a Skull Smasher. Which is the big which meteor is the, hammer. Yep, so it's strength user, neg two, flat two, but you get two attacks with it as well. Which is pretty good. Um, and then obviously you can give them an icon as well. I'm not sure if the icon's worth it. but like You basically I- get plus one for combat attrition, which is actually okay because it'll keep them around longer when they fa- inevitably fail morale. The problem is that by the time they're failing morale, they're probably mostly dead. Hmm. Um, where they kick in though they get blood tithe which is fine they do have the faction keyword world eater which makes me wonder whether they do actually get um, the legion trait let me just have a quick look because if they get the legion trait that's another conversation I don't think they would uh, legion trait I'll, just, I'm, I'll check if world eaters in bold as in a keyword in a World Leaders Detachment, gain Relentless Rage, Legion, Relentless Rage Legion trait, which means they will get the Legion trait. I don't think Thousand Sons or Death Guard have, like the Poxwalkers and the Zangor, I don't think they have... The right keywords? Yeah, I'm, I'm The Jackals out. do. That is... <laughs> which is... So that now, we're, now we're in a more interesting place in the world because they definitely have the World Leaders keyword. Um, I'm just comparing them to the only thing that corn berserkers have. So the 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 jackals are chaos corn world eater. The um, berserkers are chaos corn heretic astartes butcher astartes world eater. The and they're both infantry core. It's just uh, sorry, ones uh, the jackals aren't core. They're cultists and jackals, mm. but they're still world eaters. So they. Get the legion trait, they get I the guess? legion trait, which means that on the charge, these little guys are strength four with four attacks base. Makes and the um, dishonored is strength five. I guess they've got the legion blood in them. That is true. We're coming to their that leads us neatly into their stims rule. Jackal stims once per battle when this unit is selected to fight, you can declare it will use its stims. If you do so, the unit suffers d3 mortal wounds, but then until the end of the phase, add plus one strength to the unit, which means on the charge. Those little guys are fighting at strength five with four attacks. And then the dudes with the more chain blades become strength seven. And the Dishonored are fighting at strength six. Neg two, flat two. 
I think I underestimated these guys a little bit. Look, they're going to die by handfuls. They're T3-1 win with a 6-plus save. If anything looks at them sideways, they're going to get evaporated. What isn't going to happen is if they're in a backfield and someone tries to charge them, the people charging them... Will get... Well, it depends. Because obviously if they get charged and the opponent chooses to fight first. If you don't have a chance to interrupt. You lose the unit. Um, I don't know if they're good, but they're certainly entertaining. I still think Spawn do a job of keeping the backfield yeah. better than these guys do. Um, World Eaters Terminators are exactly the same as standard Terminators. The only difference is that Malicious Volleys had to be included on the data sheet because, because it's not an army rule because, because no one else has it. Any bolt weapons? Uh, eight bound. Here we go. This is where it starts getting real entertaining. So the standard eight bound units move nine, three plus, three plus, strength six, toughness five, three attacks, f- sorry, three wounds, four attacks. Leadership 8 and a 3 plus save, and the champion picks up an attack and a leadership for 5 attacks and 9 leadership. Foxwalkers do have the Death Guard keyword. You have they to... don't get the, any of the rules because it's based on the Plague Company. Oh, there you go. That's why. Yeah. Um, every 8 bound comes with two 8 bound eviscerators, and the champion is equipped with lacerators. These guys. <laughs> this is so funny. Everything about them is. Now, they are. How many points does they uh, possess? Like 25? 28. 28? So these guys are 12 points a model more expensive. I think they've earned it. Yeah, they are. Um, so in combat, these things on the charge are strength 7, neg 3, flat 2, with 7 attacks. Because they have two 8-band eviscerators, each one lets them have one additional attack. And then they get plus 1 on top of that because of their legion trait. They are blenders of every sense of the word. The champion's lacerators are strength 8, neg 3, flat 3. Um, but they're only 6 attacks. Because they don't have a trigger for the extra attacks. And you can swap the 8-bound champion's lacerators for a heavy chain glaive, which is uh, strength plus 1, neg 3, 1 damage, but you get 2 attacks from profile. Um, I think I'll stick with the lacerators, because the flat 3 damage in the squad, you've already got more than enough attacks from everyone else around them if you want to mulch things. If you can get... So the squad size is only 3 to 6. I think five's the magic number because 6 triggers the blast rules where you start getting minimum hits. Yeah. Um, they are 3 plus 5 plus invulnerable, so they're reasonably durable. Um, they have an aura of minus 1 leadership to enemies within 6, which is cute. And they have a rule called Blood Scent. If this unit is in strategic reserves, it can be set up at the, at the battle round as if the battle round was one higher than it currently was. Regardless of mission rules, note this means the unit can be set up during the first battle round. But does that mean that it can't be set up in the third? No, no. It says um, it can ah, okay. be cool. set up. But most importantly, that does mean that I can walk them on outside of your deployment zone and then charge. It does. And using the Lord Avocados... <laughs> run him up well, that's it if he double moves yeah there's lots of interesting combinations that happen with these guys people were saying oh these guys are just gonna run at you and stab things but there's no. so many different ways there's you can the, run at people exactly. and stab things we can be sneaky and stab you we can drop in from the sky and stab you we can run straight at you and stab you um, they do have the core keyword which is great um, so you can apply all the buffs and rules and everything to them and they're 40 points a model I think there is a build where you run 
three units. I'm, I'm planning on running three units of these. Three um, units of five. Yep. I would. I don't think the extra body, because they're T five, three wounds, three up, five up. I don't know that the extra body for the that profile is worth the blast rules where the minimum hits is three. So it's not going to affect big guns where you're rolling 3d6 for the number of shots because you're always going to get at least three anyway. But I'm thinking like mortar batteries, like guard are running mass mortar, like nine mortars. I would rather deal with 9d6 rather than 9d6 with a minimum of three on everything. Yeah. Um, and that's where I'm thinking five's the magic number. Um, exalted eight bound. Same slot. We're still elite. Uh, the unit size is only three. It is what it is. And they're five points more than a standard eight bound. The only differences are that their invulnerable save increases to four plus over five, and their weapon skill drops from three plus to two plus, which is terrifying. They actually end up with less attacks because they trade one of their eight bound eviscerators for an eight bound chain fist. Big punchy thing. So basically, you draw, you fight with on the charge. Your 8-bound Chain Fist is plus 3 strength, neg 4, flat 2. So you're basically picking up a bunch of strength and AP, but you're losing one attack. It's a fair exchange. Yeah. The champion can swap and have two Chain Fists, and he gets uh, his damage increases to 3 when he does that on the Chain Fists. Um, or you can swap off with Heavy Chain Glaive. Um, these guys still have the aura of minus one leadership and they still have warp strike and blood tithe. It's important to note that there's very important distinctions here. The eight bound have blood, uh, blood tithe, but don't have deep strike. They don't have warp strike at all. They have blood scent, which is the strategic reserves thing. The exalted don't have blood scent. They have warp strike. They're more like a demon, basically. Yeah. Um, and their aura is called blood fury. While an enemy unit excluding vehicles is within six, if a unit attempts to fall back or perform an action, roll 1d6. On a four plus, it cannot fall back or the ac and the action automatically fails. That is... I like it. I would like to use that. But also... <laughs> I... The unit of three is anything that kills That's me. That's it. That's the one problem with them, is they're a unit of three. I want to take many so that they live longer. The I think a squad of six of them would be truly terrifyingly dangerous. Um, mainly because when you look at their profile, because they all get chain fists that are plus three, they're strength ten on the turn they charge or get charged. At neg four? Yeah, neg four flat two. And they're five attacks like that and then one with the eviscerator like these things are they, chewing whole units them. so and because they're three up four up most of the time you're just going to be saving on their four up yeah that's that's There's, true with a lot of invulnerable save units though uh, for 45 points a model these are scary units to fight but then again i suppose I keep looking at them for 45 points compared to the Hearth, Hearthguard, who are 45 points as well. They're not worth it. Same toughness. No invulnerable without using a, um, a, a household, like a, picking the, the, the guild. 
Um, only two wounds, not three. But they do have built-in armor of contempt. You can't re-rolls to wound against them, and they have more gunfire than most units could dream of. Whereas in combat, they're a bit eh. These guys have no gunfire, and will mulch most things. Most things. I don't think that the... Uh, the standard 8-bound absolutely are great. I actually think the ex- I think the exalted eight bound might be a bit of a oh they're cool yeah I I think there's a use for them oh yeah look deep striking them in and using them to punch like and harass things particularly if you've already popped the plus one charge blood tithe yeah so it's an eight inch charge which yep. is like well it, it drops just under fifty percent but it's still like it's forty forty two percent or whatever it is yeah it's it's not great but it's better hellbrute moving on. <laughs> the reason you'll see them is they're cheap. Um, you can give them two combat weapons. And they'll count as a vehicle for Blood Tithe. Are they worth that, though? Minus one damage. Um, and they are... What are they going to be? They're going to be six attacks on the charge. And if you've given them two combat weapons... Um... Let's say you've given them just two fists, like the most basic Hellbrute. Means you're getting seven attacks at strength 13, neg three, flat three. And they're worth two blood tithe points for 105 points. But for 105 points, what else could you get that's yeah, better? Yeah, and that, that is the part of the issue. I think, much like the spawn, which we'll talk about now... Um, you're going to include spawn partly for the ability to score blood tithe and partly for their ability to just kind of be there and hold objectives because the spawns are still one to five per squad Um, bizarrely they have the world eaters faction keyword which means they're getting a legion trait I guess Um, which actually makes them interestingly strength six and 2d3 plus one attacks on the charge (laughs) and they're and the T five four wounds with a five up save. They've they do it's they, the ability is blood tithe, which means they are affected by the blood tithe as well. Um, I guess they're quite an interesting unit, and the fact that when you sh- when you attack them, if you have a wounded model after the unit finishes fighting, it just auto heals. Um, and they're twenty five points a go. Which is good. If you've got 25 points at the end of your list right now, they're going to spawn. They can't perform actions as the downside. Yeah. But you know what? How many... Like, for the price of two spawn, you get one unit of cultists or jackals. Um, jackals are 70 points. So I'd nearly get three spawn for the same price. Mm-hmm. I actually think I'd go with the spawn. Same. You don't get quite as many attacks. But, but you, they're better ones. But, well... They're not that much better because the jackals stack weapons plus. True. The, but the spawn as are going to be easier to hide. And as you so eloquently put it, if you don't kill them, they don't die. Yeah. So... Call back to the Chaos Space Marines episode. I, I really like spawn. I actually think they have a really valuable place to be yeah. in the in the world leaders list for holding objectives. Not so much the Chaos Space Marines, but no, even... I think in this there's a place. Land Raider is Land Raider. Defiler is Defiler. Predator Destructor and Predator Annihilator do what Predators do. Forge Fiend and Maul... Which is not much. No. Forge Fiend and Maul Fiend. The Maul Fiend, I think, has a lot of interesting stuff going on for it, except the biggest problem it has 
is not only does it movement degrade, but its weapon skill and ballistic skill do as well. Mm. I don't know why that is a thing. It's actually I do because it's mechanical and it's taking damage to the limbs that move it and fight. So I get why those things change, but it still sucks. Um, it does get um, siege crawler, so it um, ignores any normal modifiers to charges, which is nice. I don't know if it gets that in the Chaos Space Marine book. I'm not sure it does. Um, and it does have Blood Tithe, which means it is getting World Eaters rules, which means it is picking up uh, a strength... Uh, what are we? Strength 15, Neg 3, D3 plus 3 with 7 attacks on the charge. <laughs> Just... And then it, on top of that, it'll get eight. At, it'll get six attacks at strength eight, neg two, flat one from its slasher tendrils. <laughs> it's it's suitably horrific. Again, uh, Rhino is like that theme. Rhino is Rhino. Helldrake is Helldrake. Although again, the Helldrake's an interesting one because by putting it into hover mode, again, it's got Blood Tithe, Demon Engine, and World Eater, so it's getting all the benefits. In combat, it's going to be strength eight, neg two, flat two with six attacks against a normal unit and against aircraft it's four damage not two um the biggest problem with the hell drake is because it is an aircraft it now has to start the table off the table mm. in arcs of omen which basically makes it worthless the one of the biggest things that was the reason planes were so expensive in the old edition when they started off the table was because they had a significant impact on the table and were very hard to remove from the table they don't have that anymore so they're overpriced, and now you get to use them less, which means you just won't see them, sadly. Uh, and last but not least is the Corn Lord of Skulls. He hasn't really changed. He's still a 30 wound, 2 up, 5 up healing monster that does meet all the keywords. Interestingly, and this is another one I don't know that he has in the standard book, he has the Warp Locust keyword. I don't think he has. He has it in World Eaters. Because Warp Locust didn't exist at the time of Chaos Space. No. So it's a very interesting one that he has, which ties in interestingly to other builds. Scarbrand. Yeah. Because you can take him in Disciples of the Red Angel because he's a demon engine. Yes. Well, you can take him in normal... You can take Scarbrand in normal world leaders. As long as... As an ally detachment. 25 points. Yeah. Um, we'll very quickly have a quick chat about the points. Power level, not points. Um, where are we? Um, I think officially it's page 88. Of course it's page 88. Uh, yes, it's page 88. That's so dumb. <laughs> I, you got to wonder how much of it's intentional because there are a few filler pitches in the middle there to make sure the page count bulks out. Khan, 140. Not bad. Lord Invictus, 160. That's going up. That's going up, but not bad. Uh, World Leaders Demon Prince, 130 or 165 oh. with wings. He's expensive. Yeah. If he were about one with wings, if he were about one fifty, he's probably okay. Uh, and without wings, he's probably you're more talking one ten. But you're not taking him without wings. No. Uh, world leaders, Lord on Juggernaut. How much do you reckon? Bear in mind, you don't pay for any of his. Op- well, he doesn't have options. Um, comes with his plasma pistol and his fancy chain weapon. One ten. One twenty five. That's not too bad compared to the one forty. Well, he's what he's. 160 for the Lord Invictus. And the Lord, base, the Invocatus gets Ignore Invulnerables and a slightly faster movement and then a fixed wall or trait. That's what you're paying for. Oh, and the 2 plus save, not 3 plus. Yeah. Um, I actually don't mind the idea of a Lord on Juggernaut with with Burning Armor. Makes him T6. Makes him, keeps it T5, no, T6, but it gives him 9 wounds and he's 2 up save plus he's 4 up Invulnerable. 
uh, much like the demon prince, they actually become quite tough at that point. And the juggernaut obviously then gives the two the two inch move buff to things around him. Um, troops, jackals, ten to twenty models, seven points a model, which is what you said for seventy to start. If you want an icon, it's five points. If you want chain, the Mauler Chain Blade, which is the two-handed ones, they're five points. And if you want the Skull Smasher, which is the Meteor Hammer one for the Dishonored, it's another five points. Um, it basically means a full squad is going to be, what, 140, 150, 160, about 165. At that point, just take 10 Corn Berserkers. It's better. Because Corn Berserkers are 22 points a model. And the only options are the Icon for five, the Eviscerator for five, and the Plasma Pistol for five you are always taking two eviscerators and an icon in a squad of 10. The plasma yeah. plasma pistols uh, can take or leave. If you get to the end of the build and you've got five points left, sure. But for 120, so what are they? 22 points a model, so 220, 230, 235 for 10 with two eviscerators and the icon. Just every day. Eight bound, 40 points a model. Squads are three to six. So 200 points for five is an entirely reasonable number. Exalted 8-bound, 135 points for 3. No options. Eh, 5 points more for the hit on 2s and the 4-up invulnerable is worth it. I just wish I could take 5 of them instead of just 3. Hellbrute, like we talked about, has the old points values, so you have to pay for everything. It's 105, and then there's a whole bunch of weapons you have to pay for. Which does make it cheaper if you buy the free weapons. How many points are the Terminators? In the, oh, they got they changed. were 33, weren't they? Yeah, I think they went up to... Is it 35? I think so. So they're 35 in the World Leaders book. Yeah, and then you pay for the Reaper, the Power Fist, the Flamer, the Chain Fist, and the Combi Weapons. Spawn, 25 points a model. Good spawn. Good spawn. Nice spawn. Land Raider, 265. Uh, the Predators are 130 and 140, respectively, and then you pay for the Sponsons and Weapons. The Defiler's 165, and again, you pay for all of the weapons, unlike Ew. the new version. Forge Fiend's 110. And then you pay 15 for an Ectoplasma or 25 for a Hades Auto. So what's that? 155 for a Triple Plasma? Yeah, that's the same. Which is the same as Chaos. Morlefiend, 140. And then 10 for Lasher Tendrils. What did you, well, you just use them at the tournament? Um, I used Forge Fiends. I didn't use Maulers. Didn't use Maulers? Not at all. I thought you did. That was at the event where I was using Index White Dwarf. Oh, exactly. And they died before they could do anything, so I took no note of them. Ah, uh, fair enough. That was against me in the practice game. Yep. Uh, Heldrake, 165. It's about the same. Rhino, 80. And then you pay for bits. Angron, 360. And the Lord of Skulls, 575. I feel like the Lord of Skulls got a discount. Maybe. I'm not sure now. I feel like he did. Um, let's go and have a quick look while we're chatting. So, all the points that we saw leaked, was it six weeks ago? Eight weeks ago? Eight weeks ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hope it is eight weeks. I don't know. I'd have to go and look. This thing with Angron, he returns eight weeks. Yep, eight days, eight, days, eight, eight hours, hours, and eight, eight minutes. minutes. Yep. <laughs> that would be funny. It's from the leak. Um, I'd have to go and see, but... That'd be really funny if it is. <laughs> um, all those points were essentially accurate. I think it was ripped straight from the book. Looking at it. Well... Certainly, there's some question marks over it. Absolutely. Um, what were we looking at? Points for the... Lord of Skulls. Lord of Skulls, that's right. Um, what page is that going to be on? Is that under Chaos Demons? Uh, Space Marines. Oh, God. 
no, exactly the same. Five seventy-five. Well, there you go. I'm just having a quick look at the um, where's the world eaters entry here. World eaters. Khan still one forty. Berserk is still twenty two. Icon still five. Plasma still still five. Is that the leak? No, no. This is the um, index. The index points value from the latest Arx Bowman. Ah. So the only thing they added was the eviscer- the two handed eviscerator to the points list for them. Uh, so look, one of the biggest problems this army actually faces with building an army is the fact that there's not a lot of granularity in the points. No, it's the same problem Votan has. Yeah, it's also the same. Demons. Demons suffer it more than most because there aren't a lot of options and the options you do get are often baked in for the points and then there's no points attached to them and you go, oh, I've got 35 points left over. Can I spend that uselessly? No. Okay, now I have to drop a unit and change a unit and swap a unit and, you know, six months from now, Games Workshop changed the points values and none of it works and I have to do it all over again. Anyone who's cynical enough would say it's almost like a plan for them to make you buy more, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you know that list buildings, I struggle building lists because there's just so many options and then I put them into the list builder and then I, I've i got a list and then I realise I don't like it so I take stuff out and I add stuff back in and I end up with a blank document with like seven abandons and that's not a legal <laughs> list. I'm sure there'd be people out there who'd let you try it. Emma's just hollered from the other room, especially since he only owns two. <laughs> don't uh-huh. ask why I own two abandons. I'm going to put it to you that yeah. 60 corn berserkers, 6 units mm-hmm. of 10, and a lord in Vicardus is 1570. Well, I found my list, boys. It's not like it's a bit one dimensional. It's not going to be the mo- like, <laughs> no, it's, one di- it's less than one dimensional. It's 2D. You run it in two straight lines. Um, what you then do is you add another lord, call a lord on Juggernaut for his make sure that the aura is big enough to hit all the berserkers. And you're at 1695. From there, you add Angron. Well, you can't. You don't have enough points. Damn. Can't. Um, but if you take out one unit, uh, drop it to and it, like 50 Berserkers, and then you can put Angron in. So you have 50 Berserkers, two Juggernaut characters, and Angron. That's 1820. I've got 40 Berserkers. Minus 235 is equal to that. So, okay, 40 Berserkers. And. 10 exalted 8 bound uh, not exalted just 10 8 bound and 2 units of 5 40 berserkers 2 juggernaut characters and angron is 1985 well that's my list and you've got plasma pistols scattered around in your squad so killing those extra 15 points will be easy does it do one thing yes (laughs) is it kill (laughs) look it'll be entertaining for me, um, I'll lose. But I, th- I think it'll be that, that sort of list is fun to take to a tournament, but it, I don't think it's got any longevity. Is I think the way this army is going to end up being built is you're going to take, I reckon, thirty berserkers, and then you're going to use them with one juggernaut character as kind of the core of the army, and then you'll use spawn to hold objectives. You'll include like eight bound and other stuff yeah. to be a bit more aggressive and a bit more flexible in the in the opponent's side of the table because if I just ignored all the objectives with the world he doesn't just ran at you that's not well, the that's best what I, strategy that's what I did in third edition because there was a mission where that worked 
It was literally kill points. You only scored points by killing things. So and you had like I had sixty world leaders that charged at you. You did them in red and silver. What's wrong with you? I didn't want to try and paint red and gold <laughs> because that just blurs together if you do it wrong. <laughs> I wasn't that good a painter back then either. You're good now, so no, I can't be bothered now. It's too much work. I've like speed paints are my friends. Um, that's an idea. Army painted speed paints. Yeah. Anyway. So that's the World Leaders Codex. And bizarrely, this episode's going to be like three hours, which is less than... Whoopsies. Well, some of them have ended up much longer than that with Codex reviews, but there's not that much to cover because they've condensed this down a lot. And before I get into that, what we might do is take a quick break and then we'll be coming to wrap up and we'll just give some final thoughts on the book. So we'll be back in just a second. So, final thoughts. Final thoughts. I did have a point to make, and then in between saving that part of the segment and then coming back, I've now completely forgotten what my point was because I got sidetracked by looking at what happens when you put a Leagues of Votan Berserk in front of a an exalted ape. They're tiny and adorable. <laughs> it's so bitty. funny. <laughs> it's, it's like dad fighting his five-year-old. <laughs> You just reach out and hold him by the forehead and laugh. Because he wasn't even looking at him. He was no, just like staring off into the space. And, and this, the berserk's looking down at the, uh, the eight-bounds ankle. <laughs> so it's the funniest thing. I anyway. think I think we're going to see berserkers back in Cow Space Marine lists. Yeah, especially with Once they realise what between Blood Surge and the Icon, there's a lot of interesting things that happen. Um, but like you say, putting them in certain... Um, legions legions will get them interesting things because they obviously don't get the legions right but getting um stratagems from yeah legions. so they get the they get the right keyword don't yes, they they just don't they get don't the get legion the trait. trait so putting them in black legion you could then use the stratagem to swap them to oh no because they don't and have a legion ne- trait they can never gain a legion trait yeah okay so that doesn't work but you're right, Progressions of Bile is an obvious one where they will then be able to advance and charge. Same mm. with, I oh know, Red Corsairs is baked in as well. Yeah, I, th- I think there's interesting stuff that can happen there. But you have to be careful in how you use the SOP between yeah. Stratagem and Black Legion. I think the Disciples of the Red Angel is going to need to be FAQ'd and fixed. To tell you how it works. Because at the moment, even though you can include Corn Demons in it, if you do that, it's, it's no not a world leader's detachment, which means you're not a disciples of Angron. Yeah, corn, <laughs> which is a bit weird. Um, it look if nothing else is going to save me money, so I'm not buying so many flesh hounds. Um, the downside with it is though, because you only take demon, so you'd have to be a corn demon world eater, which actually really restricts you. Um, because you've got no troops choices at that point, no fast attack choices at that point. Your six elites are filled with. Um, eight bound and exalted eight bound. Your HQs are limited to berserkers on juggernauts and the demon prince because you can't take Khan, can't, can't take master of executions, and you can only take one demon prince. You have to have Angron, and then the only other things you can take are land raiders and demon engines, which are things like the defile. Defile might actually be an interesting one to put in that army. To be fair, do knights have the demon engine keyword? Chaos knights. I don't think so. Because if you get a Mark of Corn Knight and it has the demon keyword... Where's my phone? 
it's on charge. Gonna, I don't think it does. I'm going to say that probably not, but... No, it'll have um, uh, Questor, like it'll be Traitorous, something yeah. or other. It won't be Demon Engine, because they don't heal. That is true, yeah. Um, but like other little... It, feel, it feels like that should just be a case of, yes, you can put Corn Demons in, yes, you still can as a, yeah. a World Leaders detachment. Unless they literally did mean for it to be like this. Which is entirely possible. Because the eight bound do pick up OPSEC. It doesn't feel like this is how it's meant to be, though. I, do, I just don't know with Games Workshop anymore. There's True. a part of me that looks at it and goes, "You can you build a legal 2,000-point army with just the World Eaters book? Can you make a legal 2,000-point? Yes. yes. Yes, you can. The answer isn't even a question mark. It's a yes, you can. Yes, but it, would it be good? Well, just to put it into context, if I'm taking Angron, uh, I still need to have a HQ choice. And at that point, it might as well be the Lord Invocatus. Mm-hmm. Then I've got 600 points tied up in three units of five, eight bound. And then I've got three units of three exalted eight bound. So that's, what's that? 24 eight bound in total. Plus Angron, plus Lord Invocatus. It's 1,525 points. Three Maulafines, 2,000. Three Hel- uh, two Helldrakes and a Maulafine, 2,000. Um, one Land Raider. And a Morphine, 2,000. You wouldn't do that because Land Raiders suck. But none You're of right. them sound... You're right. Three cool. Land Raiders full of um, A-Bound. <laughs> Can't tell if serious. That's the, that's the face you're pulling right now. Is, is he mad enough to do something dumb like that? You in particular, yes. Um, look, I know I've got at least a couple of bits of Land Raiders kicking around. Oh, yeah, I've got half a Land Raider out. And- Use the Heresy Land Raiders for it. Spun. Do not do not fill a Spartan. With Spun it. with eight bound. Does the Spartan have the land ready keyword? It did. Uh, hopefully they fix it when this book. That'd be a oh double Spartan. I just double face palm. <laughs> That's so good. I've got a Spartan. I've got a Spartan. Isn't it uh, supposed to be Night Lords? It will very quickly get painted in <laughs> blue and white, and then I can use it for heresy or for forty k. And have everyone be mad at you. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Oh, m- mammoth. That's a word. What does that mean? No, no, no. The b- mastodon. Mastodon. That's it. Okay. Uh, not mammoth. Mastodon. <laughs> I know. I know a certain World Leaders player who's like just rolled over and like felt he's- a disturbance in the force. <laughs> of that statement. He's, he's going to come up and tell me if he hears this. You, you come full circle. You now know I'm right. <laughs> um, he was one with corn the whole time. It's. It is a very one-dimensional playbook. It's going... Is that a bad thing? No. No, it's not. I think that's what the world leaders are. Yeah. I think that if you're looking for sort of movement shenanigans, they actually have a lot. I really they're like hid- that. They're hidden in unit entries and um, stratagems and little bits and pieces. They, they exist, though, and that's the important part. And that's often the most tactically challenging part of the game. It's one of the reasons why Harlequins are so good in terms of teaching the game, but also opening you up to achieving things that you would not be able to achieve with other armies. What do you mean by teaching the game? Um, the movement phase is the most important part of the game. More than yeah. anything else, deployment and movement is often where you win the game because the dice will even out over the course of the game and you're throwing as many as I am a lot of the time anyway. If I can beat you in the deployment phase and the movement phase and outscore you there, that's where you win. 
it took me up until quite recently to realize that I could just hide my gun line behind buildings and then roll them out in my own movement phase to stop them from yeah. getting shot. Like, oh, I need to be able to see things. Nope. <laughs> Put them behind a building and move them so they can exactly. see things. So I'm smart, I swear. I think world leaders are, they're not quite as nuanced and shenanigany as Harlequins. But I think there's enough there that'll keep a good player entertained. Are they a top tier army? No. Are you going to see. Anything can be a top tier army if you're trying to. No, there's definitely codex disparity. I think, like, Guard, for example, have some abusive combos that are purely dice driven. You roll enough dice with enough rules stacked on top of it, you win games. World eaters aren't that army. Unless you can make it across the table. If you make it across the table, you have enough dice in your hands that you will chew through units. Like 10 corn berserkers have like 60 attacks. As it should be. Is it 60? 4, 5... No, it's only 50. 51, 51 attacks. And then there's ways to get them out to nearly like over 80 attacks if you do it right. One squad. Yep. And then you can make them plus one damage and you can give them re-rolls and you can At give them point, exploding sixes. Take and you... off whatever they're stabbing because there's no way it can survive. There's very few things that will live through that. Everyone, like, Even with the old rules before they were updated, everyone made fun of little goofy berserkers until they down a knight in a turn of combat. Well, that's exactly right. If you if you do somehow manage to get it out to the eight, the magic 81 and then you're hitting on threes but then you get re-rolls from Angron, um, you know, you, you're kind of going, okay, cool. Uh, what's that going to be? It's going to be... 81 attacks is going to be 72 hits. But if you've somehow got exploding sixes on that, you get another 12 hits on top of that. So we're out... We've got 84 hits out of 81 attacks. Lovely. And then if you've got the plus one to wound on them, they're going to wound everything in the game on fours minimum. Which means you're doing 42 wounds. And then if you stacked the minus one AP on them against something like a knight, the knight's saving on its... It's uh, minus three AP at that So point. it's saving on sixes, which means that you do... I'd say it 30, 35 wounds. <laughs> <laughs> like at that point, you get charged by berserkers and you just don't even let them roll. You just take your knight yeah. off the table. Abaddon, three damage. <laughs> <laughs> you don't charge Abaddon with berserkers. Phoenix Lord, three damage. You shoot him with a platinum pistol first. <laughs> <laughs> three berserkers die but three damage um, so yeah look I think it's going to be an entertaining army to see on the table particularly in the first couple of tournaments I think you're going to see a lot of people just shocked as the Invocatus and a couple of units cross the table in rapid succession and are punching you in the face I mean that's my goal to punch things in the face as fast as possible but th- see this is the biggest problem though. if you want to do that trick you can't have Angron because it's the warlord trait of the Invictus, of the Invocatus, that does it. Doesn't he have the, this must be the warlord? The Invocatus? Yeah. No. Oh. If he did, it'd be fine, but he doesn't. So, at that point, you have to go, do I want to do my sneaky shenanigan trick and punch you in the face turn one? Or bring the Primarch. Or bring Angron. And there'll be plenty of players, you included, He'll that will just Angron. bring Angron. Because it's Angron. Because it's Angron, exactly. I've never once used Magnus the Red in the game after having him since October. I think it's October. But I don't play thousands. I actually think that Angron falls into the same category as Magnus and Mortarion. They're really cool. Is they're cool, but you in a competitive like if you're going to a tournament to compete, you don't take them. I st- I want after Arcs of Omen like is over. I'm going to take Magnus, Mortarion, and Angron in one army. Heretic Studies, not Traitorus. Not what do you call it? Bonic, <laughs> not whatever Thousand Suns have. 
and I'll lose every game, but I'll have three Primarchs. And it well, you could put it. a Baden in at that point. I could, and he could fill out the rest of it with the Kaitan. That's probably that's probably five models and two thousand points. Yeah, it's pretty close to it. <laughs> the dream team. <laughs> no, you're the missing. Power no, you know we need to get rid of the Kaitan, and you need to do a Slanesh Knight. Oh yes, I've got that way. You've got all four gods, and then a Baden to unite them all. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it'll be a fun codex to play. I'm definitely gonna have some. Fun the with disciples, that are angels, where my interest sits, but. Until they fix it, it's going to be really See, awkward. Mine's more in the regular world eaters and having like a patrol of demons. Because that, but that's but that's what I'm going to end up with in the short term anyway. Because as a TO, the rules are actually very clear. Does it feel right? Probably no. not. But the rules are actually very clear. And the only way to include corn demons in the disciples list is with the patrol allied detachment, which is mostly fine. The blood letters do. Well, the thing is, though, like my original list was going to have thirty flesh hounds. Now it do- now I have to only have two units because the patrol only has two slots. But I get more elite slots, so I can put blood crushers in. So it's kind of swings and roundabouts at that point. In the meantime, though, we're going to call it a day. I really like the book. The artwork's nice. The models look cool. All the models we've been given. Again, thank you, Games Workshop. Yeah, they're good. amazing. Um, if you want to check out the paint job on Angron like we mentioned earlier it's in the show notes it's also going to be a separate post on Facebook um, we're going to get some comparison shots of the old Berserker kit that, the, from 3rd edition that's now been retired after 20 years I think it was 25 no 1999 was 3rd edition so they're going to be 1999 or 2000 it's one of the two but they're, they're old enough to drink in America um, so we can take a photo of the old version against the new one have you actually got a Berserker that's built Stock? Um, I think the only thing different is a backpack, but yeah, I've got... Okay, cool. So we'll get that photo so you can see how big the new ones are. And we'll get some shots of my converted 8-bound and my 8-bound exalted, so you can see the size difference there. Maybe like a jackal and a cultist? Yeah, if you can make sure the arms stay on long enough. They're glued together now. (laughs) (laughs) That was the only part that wasn't good to build, was the jackal. Everything else went together really well. (laughs) If you're not careful, I'm going to steal that Lord Invocatus. Um, in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Um, we're hoping to get back to a regular regular schedule. This episode is actually a bonus one that's being released on the day of pre-order for World Eaters. There is a second episode coming out on the following Wednesday, which Lachlan and I are going to record um, probably while you're listening to this episode, talking about uh, the Triumvirate team event and his uh, list. Yeah, I played in that. My list was... We're going to talk about that in the, the next episode. Shush. No, um, we're gonna, and we're going to talk about some of the we're going to talk about the winning lists as well and get you to have a look at them and see what you think okay in the meantime thanks for listening really appreciate it um, you can find us on the usual social media channels you can check out Tuxedo Miniature Painting for Lachlan's paint work and stuff he's been doing um, anything else to add? Um, not really I, could, I couldn't think of a joke relating to corn in time so I didn't want to reference that corn kid meme from like to two, three months ago because I just thought that would be unfair. Okay, now he's just waffling. Okay, yeah, that's about right. Happy gaming, everyone. Yeah, thank you. listening to the Objective Secured podcast. If you'd like to get in touch, you can visit our website, objectivesecured.com.au. You can find us on Facebook, facebook forward slash objectivesecured, or you can email us, 
obsec at optusnet.com.au. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.